Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'll do right now. The impossible will take a little while. I say I'll care. Stranger Than Fiction News, right here on The Fringe FM. I'm Vance Nesbitt, and here's our headlines. The universe may be a billion years younger than we thought, and scientists are scrambling to figure out why. New research suggests that the Big Bang that birthed the cosmos occurred 12.5 billion years ago. The lost time is especially vexing because in a universe full of mysteries, its age has been viewed as one of near certainties. By 2013, the European Planck Space Telescope detailed measurements of cosmic radiation seem to have yielded the final answer, 13.8 billion years old. All that was left to do was to verify the number using independent observations of bright stars in other galaxies. Then came an unexpected turn of events. A few teams, including one led by Nobel lecturer Adam Rees of the Space Telescope Science Institute in Baltimore, set out to make those observations instead of confirming Planck's measurements. They started getting distinctly different results. It was getting to the point where we say, wait a second, we're not passing this test. We're failing the test, says Rees. He estimates that his results, taken at face value, indicate that the universe is only 12.5 billion years old. Source, NBCNews.com And a possible Bigfoot encounter in Guthrie, Oklahoma. A husband, wife, son, and daughter were doing some night fishing. The husband was quoted as saying, Once it was dark, the noise from the frogs and insects was loud enough for us to comment about it. 
a couple of owls began hooting back and forth, and our daughter began imitating them. This went on for some time until one of the owls flew right in front of us, close enough for us to see with what little light we had. Almost as soon as the owl was passed, there was this incredible roar from the direction in which the owl came from. It was so loud and forceful that I felt it vibrate in my chest. It lasted about five seconds, and then it became dead silent. No frogs, no bugs, nothing except my wife and my daughter looking at me asking, what was that? It took a bit for the frogs and bugs to slowly begin their chorus again. He's also quoted as saying, I spent 21 years in the military and never in my travels heard anything like this. Whatever made this noise had to be huge, and it sounded angry. I spent time in Central America and have heard howler monkeys at close range. They're loud, but never did any of them rattle my chest. We stayed a few minutes longer and then packed up and went home. I've spent a lot of time outdoors in various parts of the world and very seldom felt uneasy. Source, thebfro.net. And moving on to a completely unrelated fun fact. According to Chinese acupuncture, there is a point on the head that you can press to control your appetite. It's located in the hollow just in front of the flap of the ear. Thanks for listening to the Stranger Than Fiction News right here on the Fringe FM. Again, I'm Vance Nesbitt, news anchor and sorcerer. Broadcasting from atop a hill in the Mossy Creek bottoms of Cane Creek, Arkansas, I'm Joe Roop, and this is Lighting the Void. Welcome all to the program. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. It is Friday night, live 
tonight, open lines where anything goes, and we're with the one and only special co-host and guest, Midnight Mike from our Big Dumb Mouth podcast, OBDM. So yeah, this is the second time he's been on the program, and uh, there's no telling what we're going to talk about. Also, coming up, we have a special call-in, and I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to happen. Clyde Lewis from Contact in the Desert, and Ryan Gable will be giving us a call here in just a little bit, so that's coming up. And uh, don't forget that this show is here live for you Monday through Friday night, 9 p.m. to midnight, every single night, right here live on the Fringe FM. That's right, Monday through Friday night, we're here. So kick back, relax, give us a call. If you want to call in, it's 1-800-588-0335. We're going to do some giveaways, too. That's also coming up. And thank God for the sponsors that we have at Get the Tea. GetTheTea.com. Make sure you sign up for the webinar Monday night. I'll be in there with Ronnie june the third i believe it's yeah june the third 5 p.m pacific go to get the and sign up also ancient life foil and prepare with the friends.com and since ufos are all the rage now if you happen to see one i tell you give ufo seekers a call at 661 ufo 7889 go check out their new youtube videos at youtube.com forward slash ufo seekers Let's bring in our guest host while we kick this thing off. Now, Midnight Mike is the host of the OBDM podcast, which stands for Our Big Dumb Mouth, and he started podcasting in 2005, talking conspiracies, strange news, and life events. He has a degree in the fine arts, but currently works as a software programmer at a Fortune 100 company. He's a musician, a designer, programmer, and long-winded, but above all, he likes to make people laugh. Thanks for coming back, Mike. It's good to have you here, brother. Hey man, thank you very much for inviting me back. It's uh it'll be a fun show. Yeah, there's no telling. That's what we that's what I'm doing here on Friday nights, man. We're just keeping it open, try to get the audience involved, get their stories involved, and uh just kind of kick it. And, you know, everybody's at contact in the desert right now. Well, not everybody. I'd like to say the who's who is at contact in the desert, but some of us, you know, we're still stuck in our towers doing what we gotta do, and that's me, and it sounds like that's you too. So if you're well, listening, I, I, you know, I actually debated on, on going this year since I live in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I had a choice. I could go to contact in the desert or the International UFO Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. I chose to go to the International UFO Conference coming up in September. Hmm. So you get to pick like one a year. Is that what you do? You pick one well, big one to go to? It's. Well, I was I was torn. Uh, the contact in the desert is going on right now, and there's just so much going on in my life. I'm getting married next weekend. Well, congratulations! Probably, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, I, the timing timing just didn't work out this year. I've never been. I've never been to Here a by. really big like uh, you know. There's like Alien Con. Uh, of course, contact in the desert. I've never been to one. I'm afraid. Like I'm afraid if I go, I'm going to become addicted, and I won't do radio anymore. And I'll just start hopping around from conference to conference because i belong to the church of aliens i think i'm a believer my uh my little brother clown baby who comes on the show uh frequently he's gone to quite a few he's been to some smaller ones he went uh, specifically to one in in pittsburgh where he, where he lives because david politis of missing 411 was speaking and he said, said it was a really good presentation good talk he went up got a book signed for me and david politis was kind enough to say Hi, Mike. Your podcast sucks, and you wrote that in the the book for me. So that was that was nice. Oh man, that was nice. I used to, I get those too. I get your, your podcast sucks. You're boring. Um, some people say they love me. It's weird. You get one that says, "Oh man, you're the next Art Bell." Those are kind of few and far between, though. By the way, and then you get others of like, "Man, you're like a real life hillbilly, aren't you?" This is this is great. A hillbilly talking about aliens. You can't get any better than that. 
and they think it's funny to say that, but it hurts my heart, you know, Mike. I uh, I used to be, I don't know, uh, maybe like years ago, a lot more guarded in my stance when it comes to some of the more paranormal and conspiracy stuff. But at this point, I talk about what I talk about on my show. Uh, I openly talk about and 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 state that I believe in UFOs. Um, I believe that there is some sort of alien intelligence uh, making uh, making itself known on this earth. And I am I'm okay with stating that out in the public. I'm okay with telling my friends that, my family that, uh, coworkers that, and they can think of me what they will. Uh, at this point, I uh, I said it all. At this, I, I don't want to take anything back. I don't want to have to be guarded about my my beliefs. And it's not even anything controversial. It's just talking about what might be the possibilities in this universe. And I don't think it's controversial anymore. Considering all the news that's going on in the New York Times, in no. the, the Washington Post about UFOs, I've been talking about UFOs and, and studying UFOs I, the majority of my life. I, ever since I would say the age of seven, I've been fascinated by UFOs after I saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And I, since then, I've been checking out books from the libraries, looking at everything I can on TV, watching movies. I've been very open about it with people, and yeah, they probably have called me crazy. Continue. I probably, probably, they've been talking behind my back, calling me Mike the stupid UFO guy my entire life. But haha, <laughs> now they're coming around. Now that the Washington Post is talking about it, now that the New York Times is talking about it, now it's okay. Yeah, those are the same people that used to make fun of us. By the way, you know, they still that, do. That's all they do. And even when they report now, they'll have a, they'll do a little snicker. But it's it's kind of. Here's what I've been saying this whole time. It's kind of funny to me that all of this stuff is on the news now uh, prior to the, what, the TV show launched tonight? So it yes. kind of does feel like a, like a, a press release. I, I mean, if, they weren't, if there wasn't a TV show that was launching and, this, and they were doing this on every th- newspaper again, like I would feel like, okay, it's not a press release. If it wasn't around a company, you see what I mean? It's like follow the money. And I've always had that feeling in my life. Like if you want to find out the truth, follow the money. And right now the money's into to the stars and their TV show. And it's, and I mean, we really don't need disclosure like you and I, and the listener, we really don't need disclosure. We kind of know there's UFOs. Now there is that question though. And this is where things get a little choppy is if the UFOs are actually crafted by alien beings, because you're not going to hear the military say that. I don't think, but there's people that believe. uh, Yes. You don't. Do you think all these UFOs people see are crafted by alien beings, though? Um, that's a tough question. I would say, depending on the type, I think some of them. It's tough to give a percentage. I would. I I've heard YouTubers and uh, and even Richard Doland, who's on YouTube now, he mm. he may have stated in the past that he thinks a good majority could be military or human created uh, craft. I, I, it's hard to put a percentage on this stuff. Uh, I would say a smaller percentage would probably be uh, non-human craft. But at this point, what we're seeing, it probably they have been created by us. And like as to, to go back to what you're saying about the rollout of these articles and the, the TV show, yeah, it certainly hasn't felt organic. It certainly this seems like some sort of managed release um it definitely is it doesn't seem like it is a managed release of this information right uh coinciding with the tv show getting all these getting everyone on board 
the Navy had to sign off on this. The Pentagon had to sign off on this. Those those those, those seamen had to sign non-disclosure agreements. I don't trust anything I'm I'm reading, and I the reason why I think this sort of formal disclosure is important is to tell is to see what kind of lies they are telling so you can kind of be guided down the right path. And I almost can envision it at this point, like a year from now, maybe maybe five years from now, once they start to roll out more information, I'll be, I'll be having my friends call me and the, the friends who in the past made fun of me because of I talked I talk about UFOs. And they're like, hey, Mike, you, you see this? They, they got UFOs. Yeah, they're, they're, they're making confirmation that these, these, uh, these craft are alien. And I'm going to be like, nah, you know what? It's not real. And then I will still be the conspiracy theorist by calling everything that they believe in uh, because it's pumped up by the mainstream media. It's going to be garbage. And I'll still be a lunatic to them. Yeah, I think this is what everybody wants, though. They want the military to admit it. And in a way, they are. But they're also admitting that the Navy hasn't done their job, which really kind of bothers me, you know. Okay, we're going to take it serious now. I mean, all these reports, we've, we got we to gotta say something. It's, I guess we got to do something about it now because so many people know about it. That part kind of bothers me a little bit. I mean, they should be taking anything that flies in our airspace that they don't know what it is seriously uh, instead of just putting it off on, well, you know, it's not a threat. You don't know it's not a threat. And and I, I fall into this conversation with people sometimes. Well, all aliens aren't evil. They're not bad. They're not benevolent. They're not malevolent. How do you know? How do people really know this stuff, If what their intent is? You don't even know what they look like. Most of us just see the ships, right? We don't know what's flying it. We don't know what their purpose is. They're probably here just watching us like ants, you know? I don't even know if what I'm seeing are ships. I, I mean, they appear to be uh, silvery, but they're... They have uh, flashing lights sometimes. Why? Why do aliens need flashing lights other than to signal us? Um, and <laughs> as as for the the close encounters or the close air uh, proximity to the the fighter jets that happened with the USS Nimitz and the Navy, yeah, you'd imagine that the Navy would want to control its airspace around immediately around its ship. Uh, but even fifty to hundred miles off the coast of DC, yeah, you figure they'd be quite concerned unless they knew who was doing it. Uh, whether that was one of ours, is it Russian technology at this point? Could it be Chinese technology at this point? Just kind of coming around, buzzing us to kind of mess with us. There's so many different variables here. And I doubt that the official release of any new information that comes out is going to whittle it down. It's only going to provoke more questions. I'm, I'm wondering though, have you yourself seen like witnessed a UFO in your entire life? I, what you would call a UFO, or you could say, man, that's definitely not from this world. I, when I say UFO, I mean something that you think is not military or couldn't be military. There's There have been a few um, instances where you look at the night sky, and there are certain, certain, certain things you see. Like you can see satellites, obviously. You can see the stars. Mm-hmm. There are certain movements that you know that are not typically... Uh, indicative of satellite movement i've seen maybe one thing that i would say yeah 90 percent it's but i i haven't experienced a sighting where i am all in with it i've seen some pretty interesting stuff Uh, my my girlfriend and i were actually uh we were like about two months ago driving in broad daylight we saw a silvery thing in the sky we pulled over to take a look at a little closer and next thing you know it's just gone it wasn't in the same spot 
where it just was. And it literally took us 10 seconds to park, get out. And I kept my eye on that spot of the sky because she was driving so we could get out and take a closer look. And it just wasn't there. Was that a, a trick of the light? Was it just a reflection off a plane? Um, I don't know. Well, I, if you both I saw haven't it. seen Did she see we, it? We both, yeah, she did. Yeah, we then both it was saw there it. for sure. But but I I haven't had it that close. I haven't had that one where it's like thirty feet, feet away and you can feel the heat. I haven't had any of those encounters. The real question I think is, and then I think this gets to the root of it is: Are you happy, or, or do you feel for those people that really believe in UFOs? For those people that that have always known or believe, do you feel vindicated now? Right? Do you feel like finally? People are going to take what I'm saying seriously when I talk to the crowd that doesn't believe in aliens and UFOs and visitors from another world. Those people, do you feel vindicated now? And the reason why I would love to say yes, and I'm so close to saying yes, the only reason why is that little voice in the back of my head that's saying, yeah, but look at this TV show stuff, man. Like, is it a coincidence? Is it a big coincidence? that they're launching this TV show and this stuff is all over the news, right? Or does that even matter? I think I grew up in a world where money, like I'm victimized by big money, so I have that thing in the back of my head that thinks, you know, something else is going on here. You know what I'm saying? I I, I liken it to um, liking an underground rock band, and then all of a sudden they get popular. Like when grunge got popular back in the early 90s, and uh, then they once those bands got popular, people... Like the original fans were like, oh, man, they sold out. They changed. But meanwhile, when they were underground and and not not as commercially successful, they were they were raw. They were true. And I liken that to this UFO phenomenon that's that that we're we're seeing right right now is that they find they found a way. They think that they can monetize this possibly now. There's got to be a business model. There's got to be a business model. I was talking about this last week with um, another radio show, uh, quite frankly. And he was under, like, yeah, they're releasing this information. And I was guarded with how good this is. I mean, they wouldn't, you think they're going to release information and possibly expose this technology or have some sort of speculation on how this technology works, given what these aircraft can do. What is their propulsion system? What is their fuel system? If their fuel system isn't fossil fossil fuels, that is going to create quite a ruckus because that's going to disrupt the oil markets and the fossil fuels and what we've been dependent on for the past hundred years. Yeah, that's, yeah, but that's the game changer. Yeah, it is the game changer. But that's they're ne- those oil companies are never going to go away. I don't think that's the real sad part about it. But I think you're right, though. Maybe it's kind of like the government. I don't want to say the government, but let's just say big money. They kind of are opportunists, right? So if there was an alien invasion, somebody would do a TV show about an alien invasion. You know what I mean? Yes. Somebody would somebody would do a TV show about it. Just kind of like... And, uh, right. And I know this sounds bad, but uh, 9-11, when 9-11 happened, they, they took a little bit they because it was a sensitive subject. But still yet, there were opportunists. They come out and they make videos and movies and stuff about it. And I don't really, you know, when I first started seeing movies about 9-11 and stuff, I, I wasn't real sure how I felt about it because it was still kind of touchy to me. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But if you know, like, anytime crazy things happen on this planet and to our society big money will come out and they always make a a tv show or a movie about it so there's that so they may not just it may not be a conspiracy for the tv show it may be an opportunity but the reason why i think it's not just an opportunity thing is because this to the stars company and stuff they were already doing this before kind of like they've been pushing this whole thing and um off of what is it like two or three gimbal videos and those videos are pretty, uh, I don't know. I, I still can't make up my mind about all this thing. I feel a little vindicated, but I'm still kind of cautious, if that makes any sense. I, I'm right there with you. I don't, what is, after all these years of uh, of, of denial and the, the mainstream media making fun of people who have witnessed UFOs or had alien abductions, uh, after all these years, what is the what is their business model now? What is, what is it? What are they, how are they going to benefit from being honest now or being relatively honest now with, uh, with the people? They're going to um, make TV why? shows. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. It's, right. It's got to go beyond. I think it's got to go beyond that. We've already had very successful TV shows like the X-Files. They, they started off like in the late seventies and early eighties with friendly aliens like E.T., and then in the 90s, it shifted to more evil aliens that want to dominate with uh, Independence Day. And so is it going to shift back to something else? And I always will go back to the warning uh, that uh, Von Braun game, uh, Von Braun, uh, Warner Von Braun. I gave. can't say it right either. Yeah, I, I can barely talk. But they had uh, the threats of he said, hey, listen, this, and he was talking to his his, his uh, assistant at the time. It's like, listen, they're going to. They, the the powers that be, are gonna they're gonna pull some shenanigans. It's gonna be terrorism. Then they're gonna use asteroids, the threat of asteroids, and then finally they will use the threat of aliens. A and stage that alien invasion, yeah. Just yeah, just as a means to propagandize the public, to coalesce the the public uh, consciousness. And this is one of those things that they're they're kind of putting their feelers out. They want people's attention on one thing. When that happens, when people's attention is one thing, they can control or at least maybe absorb that consciousness. But think about the 9-11. The entire world was fixated on 9-11. That, that amount of energy was put into that. All those emotions were poured into that. This, can you imagine what, would, what it would be like if, alien, if an alien ship dropped a bomb and they are to blame in this footage of it? It would, it would go beyond. It would be the total next level uh, coalescing of the the global mind. It's insane to think about. 
It is, but you have to also think about this. I was watching a lot of sci-fi flicks. I won't I always watch a lot of sci-fi flicks, but I've been noticing that things that we used to call science fiction are actually here. I was watching uh, like, you know, Blade Runner, uh, all the way from Blade Runner to the new one, like Upgrade. And I used to watch sci-fi because I thought it was really cool. But the more sci-fi fix I watch now, it's like, okay, this stuff is really here now. And so it can't be too far reached to say that, I, I mean, if aliens are here, man, I feel like that they're probably, if they are here, I feel like they're watching us. That's why. Because I, they're not just going to hover around for recreation. They're not just, there has to be an agenda behind whatever they're doing. And a lot of people got a lot of guesses, like they're watching us, they're overseers, they're making sure we don't kill each other, stuff like that. But the weird thing is, when you take a group like uh, SETI or whatever, and they look out into this in space, they get a few radio bursts here and there, maybe. They don't see much, you know. Uh, and the big talk here lately has been this Amuamua thing. Is it a rock or is it a spaceship? Um it is kind of funny, though, that ever since that thing came around, there's been a lot of crazy activity going on. Then you got the Space Force. Then you got the Moon to Mars mission. I don't like, I don't like, I feel like I'm in the dark, man. You know, like something's going on and I'm in the dark and they ain't telling me. And Space to, Force. That's it, man. If you go to blackvault.com and you try to look up any of this stuff, you know, uh, John Greenwald does his absolute awesome work by getting everything he can uh, from his FOIA requests. But a lot of stuff they just won't give him or they'll black it out or whatever, redact statements and stuff. I don't like being in the dark. It frustrates me, but I don't want to be, jump to the conspiracy conclusion either, but I, I feel like you have to at some point because, you know, you, you, you get enough secrets put to, you, you know, you're getting lied to. When I, uh, when I get into this subject, um, if I'm going to dive into a subject, I like to go all the way and that it's, if they are here, I, I, I think that they are. I think that there is a, a different presence here that um, they it's not just going to be the gray alien. There could very well be human lookalike aliens walking amongst us, uh, moving up the ranks of our of the public sector. Uh, there could be just different types of energy consciousness. Um, and so I, I don't think it's going to like if when they display this. Whatever it is, whether they, they roll out the old Roswell bodies, it's going to be much more than that. They're only going to give you just enough to whet the appetite when this disclosure is kind of unveiled a little bit more and more. And it's so much bigger. And the more you research UFOs and uh, alien contactees, especially like from the, the 50s, the early uh, contactee movement, you realize that the the alien the vision or the image of what is considered an extraterrestrial changed from the 50s to the 70s to the 90s. The gray aliens really didn't start showing up until like the the 70s or 80s. Till when uh, uh, Strieber put out Communion, I think that's yeah. when it got big. Yeah, when when that happened. Before then, they were very human looking. A lot of them proclaimed that they were from uh, Venus or something close close by. And they had messages of peace and and uh, health. They wanted uh, humans to do well. And then that message, or at least the overall impression, changed to alien abduction. And you had cattle mutilation. It got a little bit more sinister in, in, what, we, in what people con commonly think about interactions with UFOs. When you think about alien abductions, you don't think about they're taking you on board to play Scrabble with you. No, they, they're <laughs> taking you on board to rip off your clothes and do God knows what for however long they want to do it. And you'll 
you may or may not have any memory of it. Basically, uh, it, a rape, essentially. That's what people think of an alien abduction now. I know there's, there's good encounters, but what we're talking about what public perceive, the, what the public perceives an alien abduction uh, to be, because that's right. what has been put out there. Yeah, it's one thing. Yeah, it's a whole other thing when you talk about abductions, too. But the biggest question is, like, do these Pentagon pictures prove that UFOs are real, right? And after this Tom Leonard guy investigated the U.S. Navy pilots, they claimed to have been, you know, they spotted fast-flying objects during late-night training. Um, Several U.S. Navy aviators came forward to claim UFO sightings during training. They say objects were spotted over the eastern seaboard back in uh, 2014 and 15. Uh, pilots say objects flew at hypersonic speeds without leaving engine exhaust, and they said that UFOs were also able to stop quickly and turn suddenly. These, after enough, you say, okay, it is validation, right? It, it does feel like validation, but yeah, we got to take a break here. But is it? Do you feel validated? That's the question. Do you, as a UFO believer, do you feel like it, it's finally here that you are validated, or are you just like, you know what? Let's take what we can get. Coming up, uh, Clyde Lewis and Ryan Gable are going to call in from Contact in the Desert. And tonight, our guest host is Midnight Mike from our Big Dumb Podcast. We also have a t-shirt giveaway, too. All of that coming up and more on Lighting the Void. We'll be right back. And you're listening to Lighting the Void with Joe Roop. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Ultra Bark, the world's leading toothpaste for sensual dogs. This is Crow Triple Seven, and you are listening to The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable, and I want to remind you to keep your radio, phone, tablet, or computer tuned to The Fringe FM. And visit the website, thefringe.fm, to listen to the entire lineup of shows. You can also catch my broadcast, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, beginning at 12 a.m. midnight U.S. Pacific Time, right here on The Fringe FM. We all have that story to tell in our lives. The winds were howling. The ground shook. You could hear rushing water. And then history repeats itself. When there's no power, refrigeration fails, doors with their shelves strip bare, ATMs can't operate, deliveries stop, then what? These events can last days or weeks. You need a plan. In statements made during recent interviews, FEMA Administrator Brock Long has repeatedly urged all Americans to understand three truths. FEMA is broke. The system is broken. If this is the new normal, Americans can't rely on federal cavalry when disaster strikes. Don't get caught out in the elements empty-handed. Prepare with us by going to preparewiththefringe.com and get your two-week food supply, 92 servings, eight food varieties with 25-year shelf life, normally 137 now only $75. Or get a month's supply, normally $247, now only $147 shipped in one business day. Just go to preparewiththefringe.com or call 888-440-7931. That's 888-440-7931. Get this great offer and be prepared while it lasts. 
Who were the real ancient Egyptians? What is it about ancient Egypt that captivates us all? The critically acclaimed series Magical Egypt is back with all new episodes. Let Chance Gardner and company take you on another adventure through Magical Egypt in the new series Magical Egypt 2. Magical Egypt 2 attempts a forensic reconstruction of the science of the ancients through a study of ancient aesthetics. Also, the best researchers and authors in the field like John Anthony West, Graham Hancock, Laird Scranton, Robert Bouval, Lon Mao Duquette, Aaron Sheik, and more join together to explore the topics of the esoteric and the hidden messages of the ancient Egyptians. Just go to MagicalEgypt.com right now and put in the code word FRINGE and get 10% off any download or order, including the groundbreaking original Magical Egypt series, as well as the new episodes in Magical Egypt 2. Also, check out the great work and the companion series at MagicalEgypt.com. Click the banner on the Fringe FM or go to MagicalEgypt.com and use the code word FRINGE and get 10% off your order today while it lasts. Get the Tea is the number one cleansing tea in America. We cleanse you with organic ingredients, and when used daily, you can increase your energy. Cleanse from intruders that set up camp in your colon. Cleanse your colon and feel the difference. Colon cleanses can be uncomfortable. Not Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. Life Change Tea is mild yet truly effective. Cleanse your insides every day. Easy to make, easy to use, and feel the results. Are you sold? Okay, then, here's how to order. Log on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Look for our specials on the front page. Get the Tea also carries top-rated supplements for those who care about their health naturally. Again, log on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. And feel the results. And for those of you that arm yourself with information, come to our webinar every other Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's every other Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific. You can sign up at getthetea.com. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. This portion of the show is being brought to you by the all-new product made especially for nervous people who need to chew on something but don't want to be kept awake at night. Ed's new caffeine-free fingernails. Welcome back to Lighting the Void. We're here with My- Midnight Mike. I almost said our big dumb Mike. You, I can't. It works. Hi, <laughs> Midnight Mike from uh, our big dumb mouth podcast, and uh, it's open lines tonight. Yeah, we're trying to get uh, Clyde Lewis on the phone, but he's kind of he keeps getting swarmed and swamped over there at Contact in the Desert. But uh, they're working on it. Uh, actually, Ryan's helping me with this, so Ryan's kind of playing the middleman to get him on the phone. 
And hopefully we'll get to talk to him for a few minutes here because uh, I can imagine, because he's like the big celebrity over there, him and Nori and Jimmy Church. But, you know, Clyde got his own, uh, what is it, his own new networking deal and stuff. So he's he's kind of just kind of jumping up there now. He's the big hoss when it comes to late night radio and a personal mentor of mine, too. So I really dig his work. So hopefully here, well, coming up, we'll get to talk to him. They said he would. He's just getting swarmed a little bit. So, uh, other than that, though, tell a little bit before we get into uh, tonight's topic and the contests and phone calls and stuff. Tell tell me a little bit about how you got started into this. For all those people out there that want to, because we got so many listeners, Mike, that think about doing podcasting and stuff, and I don't really think they understand what goes into it. But maybe you can give us your backstory as to why you started doing paranormal podcasting. Well, first of all, to all the people who want to get into podcasting, I must urge them to not do it. It's not worth it. But, um, I got started, uh, I did my first podcast in 2005 with, uh, with my Steve or with my friend Steve and I got into it because I uh, grew up, uh, loving listening to, to radio. Uh, I loved Howard Stern and when I discovered Art Bell, I would stay up and, and listen to him way past my bedtime. And I fell in love with it. I remember, uh, when I was a very young young person, uh, probably uh, in my like uh, between like seven and twelve, when my parents would take us on a trip to uh, see my grandparents, they they would pop in old radio shows of uh, Gracie uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen's doing a radio play or the Bickersons, and I I fell in love listening to those old kind of radio plays and just radio in general, and then when uh, recording yourself became a little bit more viable and I had access to equipment, I just, I started to put out uh, a podcast and just by all my interest, I started talking about that kind of stuff. And I had a, on a bunch of people that, uh, that co-hosted the show with me that weren't really into the subject matter. They indulged in talking about UFOs and in the weird stuff. And it had a, a really nice back and forth because, uh, I'm not a skeptic. They probably claim to be skeptics and, it was a fun back and forth. And over the, the past 13, 14 years, the show has just kind of evolved. And uh, I, you, you, if you're going to do podcasting, you've got to do the type of show that you just love doing, regardless of any sort of monetary compensation or listenership. Because when you first start podcasting, literally no one is going to listen to you but your family and maybe your friends. And they're only going to indulge you for the first few episodes. Beyond that, it's, you're on your own to to do it. So you really got to pick out what you love to do. And um, that's why I try to keep my show a little bit more goofy and fun and and loose and try to try to cover the current current events, current topics, but also dip into the paranormal and cryptozoology and, and UFOs as well. Yeah, like it, I remember when I first started, I was talking into the ether for quite some time, you know, and you get like. It's like it's like you're talking to yourself. It feels that way. Uh but yeah, you got to love it. And that's what I'd say too because there's so many people that are like, "Man, I want to do a show on the Fringe FM." And I don't think people understand like we're trying to build like a real network here. So I I we have a um a program director and you got to send in a demo or you got or we have to produce it. So we know that it has a certain type of quality to it because everybody wants to do a show, but the podcasting world is huge now. It's like uh uh, what was the number the last time I looked? It was like in the millions or something. And they say, you know, it's kind of rare for t- uh, 
I think it was less than 10% of people get more than 1,000 downloads per episode. So it's a rough industry. But you don't see that from the outside looking in. You see all these podcasts that are doing great, and you think, well, man, I can do that. So if you're going to do it, I would say, like what you're saying, don't expect. I mean, success is great, but if you want to do it because you love it, that's that's probably going to drive you more than anything, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I, everything I've done artistic in my life, I've done because I, I love it. And I hope that what I produce, whether it's the comics I used to draw or, uh, the music I used to write when I was in a metal band, I, I did write it for me in the hopes that other people would like it too. And the, the podcast is just another extension of my creativity. So yeah, do it because it's a, it's a passion of yours. And yeah, this is, it's, it can be a very time consuming uh, hobby and passion. That's for that's for sure. I guess I do two podcasts a week, and beyond just doing the shows, you got to worry about the upload. You got to worry about the content. Like, what are you going to talk about? Mm. I can't imagine doing what you do, which is five days a week. You do it for three hours. Uh, I, I'm not there yet. I don't My know. That I'm I don't know there if I ever yet. will be. I just know I got to fill it, right? You know, <laughs> I know I got to fill the slot with something. And I don't. There's been nights where I'm like, geez, I got three hours. I got to talk about. And these people, man, you know, attention spans is you're lucky to keep somebody for five minutes nowadays because everybody's got ADD and it's not their fault. It's because there's so much we can do now, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, it's hard, actually. And you got to worry about sound quality and all that stuff, too. When I first started podcasting, it was, uh, and it still is, the show is still a hodgepodge of what, what's going on kind of in my life and what's going on in the news. But when it first started broadcasting, it was it was much more. Uh, a vlog, just kind of a couple guys sitting around talking about what's going on in their lives. So I, I feel as though over the past 13 years, if you if people have listened that long, they probably know a good chunk about my life. And I don't talk about my my life that much anymore because I think I've said it all. I've, I feel as though I've told every story I've had or uh, that I've ever experienced. I've, I'm sure I left some things out, and especially now that we broadcast to YouTube, there is a so many stories that I have that people haven't been around. They haven't listened to shows that I did 10 years ago. Uh, so I, maybe it, that in that aspect, don't assume that people uh, have heard everything you've ever done. It doesn't hurt to reiterate some stuff that you once talked about. I take the yes. uh, Howard Stern approach. I have shamefully told everybody all, everything about my life on here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I try to I try to be as open and honest with people about what's going on in my life without not naming too many names or getting too explicit with stuff. But yeah, I'll talk about my my faults and failures. Oh, absolutely. Well, how I mean, how are you going to make it interesting? Or uh, to me, you're not going to make it interesting if you don't tell somebody your dirt, right? I think the most interesting people in the world are people that have suffered. They've been through hell and back, uh, and they've got dirt, right? I mean, most super successful people have had money all their life and it's been rainbows and unicorns. They're not that interesting to me. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, so I feel like, yeah, I got to talk about the dirt, even if when it's my life. And that, another reason why I do that is uh, for safety reasons, too. So if you know how people like to start rumors about people on the Internet. Well, if you put it all out there, they really got nothing on you after that point, you know. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Gotta, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Put it all out there, man. Right. Um, and let's see, let me check into, see, or, uh, we're still waiting on, uh, okay, let's see. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Go ahead. Um, maybe we'll get a call from Ryan. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> I, get, I, I get told one thing and something changes, but I can, I, I can imagine that contact in the desert is a freaking nut house right now. I, I, I would imagine it, it would be tough to get a cell signal. You got thousands of people there on their phones. Probably they're all doing their own like report or live streaming something that a cell signal would be uh, difficult to get at this point. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's kind of like why I don't want to go. I want to stay hidden. I don't want people to see me. Is that weird? Do you think that's weird? That's kind of like why I don't do YouTube or anything. I just want to be a voice. I don't want to really be a face. I, I think that's a lost that. art. I, uh, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, I started getting into the YouTube because it, it was easier to broadcast. and the, there's, a, there's an audience there, and if you can tap into the algorithm the way it once was, then, yeah, you, could, you can generate some, some new listeners. But uh, since YouTube has really kind of messed around with the way videos are presented to people or how people find new shows, it is very difficult for a conspiracy podcast, a paranormal podcast, to get traction um, if you just do Bigfoot stuff, if you just do cryptozoological stuff, you'd probably be fine broadcasting YouTube. But since we talk on our big dumb mouth, we talk about politics. We, you do? we, we, oh yeah, we talk about politics. We talk about current events. So that immediately gets us put into a certain category where we're no, no longer suggested to certain people. All right, then. So well, it, let's go there for a second. Then, what do you think about Julian Assange? They're saying that he's showing signs and symptoms of psychological torture uh they they're saying he's living in constant panic and some of the images i guess people have got uh, are saying that he looks like he's being tortured to death like like they're just giving him the ropes man i mean what do you expect i mean yeah maybe he ex- maybe expected to be treated as a as a human who was just releasing uh information that was given to him what did he do that was so bad that that warrants being tortured they're probably torturing him to see to get to course some sort of confession out of him i'm assuming they need him to say the word russia i think that's what they need out of him if they're just torturing him for fun that's just sick so i i sympathize with him um and i'm i'm kind of surprised that this is maybe i'm not surprised but i i kind of in my head thought okay they're going to whisk him away he's going to be put in maybe solitary confinement for a little bit he'll testify they'll try him on espionage charges and it'll be done pretty pretty clear cut why do they need to draw this out like he's in guantanamo bay for any length of time you imagine 
I so I I sympathize for him. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm I'm more kind of like. Can you imagine though? Can can you imagine it? Think if that was you, right? You're a hero. Yeah, you're this you're this guy that's hacked into everything, and you're giving all the information to everybody. And then they show up. They got you. They got you, man. There's nowhere to hide, right? Like, what is he going through right now? Uh, he's probably like, I wish I had my Netflix. I don't have Netflix anymore. I don't have, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't have access to any of that stuff. He did, I mean, I don't know what it was like for him to live in, in that embassy. Uh, it probably wasn't good. He's probably getting stir crazy in there as well for being in that in, embassy for a few years. So the guys had it extremely rough. And I'm surprised other journalists, mainstream journalists, aren't coming to his aid uh, or at least talking about his story and the way he's being treated. It, it seems like that um, he's just going he's going to be forgotten. He's just going to be forgotten. And they're going to accept that it's it's perfectly OK to treat a journalist like this because uh, he's, he's essentially is a journalist. He's just he puts out information that happens to be leaked information that is what I've read, 100% correct. Yeah. It's accurate. Yeah, I've always considered the guy a hero, like a Robin Hood or something. But, you know, you got to pay the piper. At some point, he always had to know that he was going to get caught. So he can't act like, I mean, he looks like a scared. The last picture I've seen of him, he looked like a whooped kid, man. Like he had just been beaten from head to toe. There's no bruises on him or anything. But I'm I'm just wondering if they're like filling his belly full of acid, LSD, or or whatever truth serum they got and just waterboarding the shit out. You don't know what they're doing to him, you know? I I wonder, like, so the people who are torturing him, who are they taking orders from and why? There's no oversight. Nobody knows. It's probably yeah, the CIA. So, exactly. So why? Who, under what grounds are they interrogating him the way that they are? And for what? Who is overseeing this? Where? I'm surprised Amnesty International hasn't been called because this is like such a huge deal. And he's like an international. This isn't like some some like whistleblower no one's ever heard of. This is Julian Assange, the 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 face of WikiLeaks, and there's not a lot of scrutiny scrutiny uh, scrutiny going on with this. So yeah, it's disturbing. You want to hear something disturbing. more disturbing than that? Yes. Did you know that Stan? Yes, of course you do, right? We love to hear disturbed stuff. What are we yes. all talking about? Did you know Stan Lee's former business manager is charged with abusing him? Did you? Yeah, know I did hear that. Yeah, that is insane. Like the one person that you would think like you don't want to get abused. Uh, I mean, I got a heart for old people to begin with. Uh, we all should, by the way. If you treat elderly people bad, you don't deserve to live. But Stan Lee, probably the nicest guy on the face of the earth, is got charged. Uh, his uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, his business manager, Kia Morgan. That's I have no was. idea. I yeah. mean, they, they took advantage of him. Probably Five counts so of elder abuse, including false imprisonment, forgery, and fraud. False imprisonment. What are they, they locking him in the room? Yeah, draw another comic, Stan. You're not done yet. We need one last comic out of you. I heard that they were they were uh, taking his blood. What? I that's what I, I read a story. That his caretaker was drawing blood from Stan Lee and using it to sign copies of certain things. Like Stan Lee was, it was bad from the stories that I read. And he's just some 90 year old guy trying to do cameos, trying to live out the last years of his life, being the celebrity that he earned. Uh, and he's being, uh, yeah, held prisoner. The last time drawing- we saw him come out was when he put his hands in. 
Didn't he put, like he did the Hollywood thing where he put his hands on the bo- on boardwalk or whatever? Yeah, I think the, he was. The whole time though, they could have been like abusing him during that time. Uh, you know, yeah, when, he's probably when, praying for death. When people get old enough, and my next door neighbor, Mrs. Graves, we always took care of her. We took care of her yard. We helped her mow. I've seen, I saw times when like her caregivers would just give her stuff to put her to sleep. Like, here's extra Benadryl. I'm like, what are you doing? You're going to kill her. You know, she's a hundred years old. But anyways, you, you try to step in and feel bad for them. But I think when they get to a certain age, it's kind of like they don't know because she was happy and smiling. It's almost like she didn't know she was being abused. And then you see Stan Lee come out smiling and waving, put his hands in Hollywood or whatever. But, you know, the boardwalk thing, I just can't. That really pisses me off because that dude's like my hero. Yeah, that's the thing about abusive relationships. Sometimes you really don't know you're an abusive relationship until you're out of one. So I stand, and he may not had he may not have had all his faculties. We don't know what kind of mental state he was in. He seemed pretty lucid every time I, I saw him speak, but we don't know. We don't know for sure. But yeah, it's it's, it's sad. That's that was his final years was uh, being abused, taken advantage of, falsely imprisoned, and forced to sign comics until his hands bled. Uh, there haven't. I don't think Morgan's been prosecuted yet, but I know that the last statement I saw was Morgan's attorney said that my client stands firmly on his presumption of innocence. Well, of course they would. Five counts, that's pretty heavy. And if you, I'm telling you right now, if you really did abuse Stan Lee, they're going to throw the book at you, man. You're going to prison yeah, for a long time. Yeah, he needs to go time. to jail. Yeah, for a long, long time. You're done. And nobody's going to feel bad about it. Yeah. As punishment, you're going to be in DC movies from now on. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 But what do you think? Like, that's another thing, too. Without Stan Lee, I feel like everything's kind of went downhill. I mean, look at Captain uh, Marvel. Come on, man. Did you see? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to do spoilers and stuff. I really don't. But what happened there? That's not Captain Marvel. Then you got the Avengers Endgame. I don't think it ended right. It's I, weird. I, I think it's... um like Stan Lee sold off the rights to Marvel like a long time. There are so many different Marvel incorporated entities around Stan Lee. And when he, I think he finally got some money at the end, but he had sold the rights to a few different companies and either the rights expired or they got rolled into a different company. He was really, I think taking advantage of um, in the, in the nineties. And then in the two thousands, I think he managed to get some money back out of, his intellectual property to start generating some revenue. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, like Marvel is head and tails above many other fantasy comic book um, uh, studios out there. Just they do better of, than DC. I think absolutely sure. way better than DC. They're able to intertwine these movies. They have a, they have a plan. It's important to have a plan when you're making movies and Marvel seems to have one. And yeah, they have a few stinkers here and there. The problem is, is that the it's the influence of agendas, political agendas into. And there's nothing wrong with having a political agenda in movies and entertainment. That's that's fine. But it's how it's done is is what's important. And it, it doesn't as it doesn't appear as though uh, the Captain Marvel movie really hit the nail on the head with that. But it did make a billion dollars. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> That's all that matters now is the money, right? Yeah. Netflix, yeah. you you brought up Netflix earlier. They're making more money than anybody, paying less taxes than anybody. I'm not going to lie. I'm totally addicted to Netflix. 
100% addicted, almost like a, a heroin addict to Netflix. Two things, Netflix and Amazon Prime. Right? I get all these guests that come on, they go, I don't watch TV. I don't watch TV because, you know, I'm spiritual and enlightened. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I, I watch the hell out of TV. But there are some things that I got me kind of worried, like that Netflix's new movie, The Perfection. Have you seen that? No. Check. Okay. This thing, I couldn't watch it myself. I'm not a big horror guy. Are you a horror guy? Do you like horror films? I do like horror movies, yes. This movie is sick, and in a good way, actually. But there's a lot of viewers that are reporting headaches, nausea, and even vomiting after watching this thing. It's 90 minutes long. It's called Perfection. And it's got some... I'm not a gory guy. I don't like watching gory flicks. But there's some gory scenes in this thing. It's a thriller. It started streaming, I think it was May the 20th. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 22nd. Back not too long ago. It just came out. And there is this, uh, oh, Allison Williams plays Charlotte in it, which is an elite uh, sailor who travels to Shanghai for a music competition, meeting her teacher, Anton, who was Steven Weber. And uh, if you're really into the gory stuff, everybody's actually getting sick. It's kind of like you remember when they did that movie, The Exorcist, in theaters, when people were freaking out, leaving, throwing up, getting headaches, having panic attacks. Well, there's finally one on Netflix now. And I haven't watched, I only watched the first few of it and I couldn't watch it no more because I started, I, I started freaking out before I even saw anything because I don't want to have that experience while watching a movie. I like, I, I do like horror movies, um, the gory but ones? I don't like, I, I like, I don't, but I don't like, like, uh, like almost snuff movies, like the hostile stuff. I tried to watch that. That's not really like a horror movie to, to me. It's more of like, here's a bunch of anxiety and some blood and torture, like, like torture horror. I'm not really into that kind of stuff but like i like the classic uh, friday the 13th stuff i like uh obviously the halloween so like it's like traditional kind of oh there's some sort of supernatural presence here and there's a bunch of people that have to interact with it i so what if it's just like a bunch of blood and guts and stuff like that i probably wouldn't be into it but now that you're telling me people are getting sick i might have to check it out yeah it's called perfection perfection the okay. the perfection yeah the perfection. Okay, I'll have to check it out. I, I can't do it, man. I can't do the 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 gore and stuff. I don't know how we got. How did we get to, to talking about? I always end up talking about TV on the show. I think I'm watching. I probably am watching too much TV. I own you. Pretty much ninety percent of my Netflix viewing is for Star Trek: The Next Generation. I know that uh, yes. you're a Trekkie. I am hardcore Trekkie, mm. big time. What's your favorite series? Uh, the Next Generation with Picard. It's uh, it's the best one. 
Uh, it's one I grew up with, and uh, for so many reasons that I could go on and on about, it is the the most. It is probably the superior of all the Star Trek series, in my humble opinion. Picard, 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 Picard's the bald-headed one. See, that's how much I don't know about Star Trek. Right? Picard's the bald-headed one, right? Am I wrong? That's, God, please don't smite me down from the Star Trek gods. I know everybody's laughing, but that's right. Yes. Picard you don't like is, Kirk? Kirk is the ultimate one, I think. Maybe I'm just uh, old. It's it's classic. They last for three seasons. Kirk was a womanizer. He was he was a captain, and somehow the captain <laughs> always went away on away missions in the most dangerous uh, positions, where in the next generation, you had Picard. He was a diplomat. He was a he was thinker. A he was a strategist. And uh, so it's just a different feel for me. Everybody it, uh, was I, a womanizer back in the 70s and 80s. You got Steve McQueen. What's that guy that did Death Wish? They were all. Oh, Bronson. That, you know? Yeah. 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 It's true. It's just I it's just uh, the way I I grew up with this series. So it just has some uh, this is just near and dear to my heart. And now oh. they're coming out with a new Picard series on CBS All Access. And I'll probably sign up and watch it and be incredibly disappointed. Uh, no! Well, you know, I I think the reason why we started talking about this is because I think that reality is becoming real close to all the stuff. That's how we got to talking about it, because our reality now is coming real close to a lot of the stuff that we watched on sci-fi flicks. There's something crazy going on. Like uh, now scientists have launched a bid to observe and understand mysterious flashes of light of, on the surface of the moon. There's supposed to be some, I haven't seen this, by the way, but there's supposed to be like transient luminous lunar phenomena that's occurring several times a week and illuminates part of the moon's landscape for a brief period of time before it disappears. And sometimes a reverse effect, which causes the lunar surface to darken has also been observed. Now there's a whole bunch of theories going on around about this and what's originating it and why it's happening, but no one can explain it. Now astronomers from, I guess, Julius Maximilian's Universitat, it's always got to be a foreign group. I'm not saying that last word. It's in Bavaria. They've set up a telescope, which will use artificial intelligence, AI, of course, to automatically detect when the flashes happen and when a burst of light is spotted. This telescope will then collect video or photographs of the phenomena, which will be studied to help scientists understand the flashes. Now we got more weird stuff happening on the moon. Well, finally, they're talking about it again. This was this was actually talked about in the early 1900s once uh, the scientists started uh, getting telescopes, more of them, and pointing them at the, the moon. This has been reported for a long time. I've never seen a flash. Have you actually seen it, though? I've never in person. Ne- never in person. I've, I've seen some, uh, some, you can see on, on YouTube, some flashes of light. And it's been talked about for a long time, but then the scientific journals and astronomy people just kind of stopped talking about it because they couldn't explain it. They don't know what is causing it. And so it's good to hear that there's actually some people out there attached to a university that are curious enough to kind of stick their neck out and start looking at this again. Is this is this all kind of wrapped in with the UFO disclosure stuff uh, or just it, this is just another weird coincidence? I th- where do it, just feel does it not feel strange right now? It's a, there's, a, feels- there's a rhyming. There's a definitely I think with this whatever kind of universe we live in whether it's a holographic universe or uh it's it's real whatever that may be i i i'm on the i'm of the thought that if we are in a matrix the the computer system that runs us kind of runs out of memory so it has to repurpose similar kind of events 
And you'll see that kind of rhyme over time. That's why celebrities die in threes. And then you have similar types of events happen very close together because the system has run out of memory. And it has to repeat some, and it can conserve memory by repeating similar stories and names. But that's just my wild thought. That's a pretty good, very thorough wild thought. It's goofy. Yeah, listen, we're at the top of the hour. I'm trying to get some uh, heads up here from Contact in the Desert. We're going to do the giveaway again, too, but you can't text in, and it's going to be the Riddler, right? we got to bring the Riddler back. Everybody liked that last time, and we'll be giving away a T-shirt coming up. And if you do guess it, you'll get a T-shirt. I made it a lot harder this time because I'm cheap, and I don't want to give away a T-shirt. You know, so we won't, uh, but we got some smart listeners. Somebody will figure it out. We'll be back after these messages. I'm Joe Roop. This is Lighting the Void. You guys stay with us. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Ed's Unidirectional Elevators. Remember, Ed's Elevators will never let you down. Hola, French listeners. This is Dave Cruz of Beyond the Strange. And you're listening to The Fringe FM. Alex X. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Did you know that qualified patients can access medical cannabis in all 50 states? Innocence is a medical cannabis collective that helps patients in all 50 states gain access to cannabis medication. Innocence does this with a streamlined process and strict compliance with the Compassionate Use Act of 1996, the Affordable Care Act, and the U.S. Constitution. It is important for each patient to understand the legalities involved, the costs, and the benefits of cannabis medication. Through truth, legalization, and education, the medical benefits of cannabis will supplant recreational perceptions and the real vision for change will be realized let the people and their personal doctors take control of their medical cannabis decisions before the greed of big business takes over the tipping point for change is today and CannaSense is ready to lead the charge and enable legal access for all qualified patients to medical cannabis through its proven system for more information go to the fringe.fm forward slash care or click the banner on the website today Get the tea is the number one cleansing tea in America. We cleanse you with organic ingredients, and when used daily, you can increase your energy. Cleanse from intruders that set up camp in your colon. Cleanse your colon and feel the difference. Colon cleanses can be uncomfortable. Not Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. Life Change Tea is mild, yet truly effective. Cleanse your insides every day. Easy to make, easy to use, and feel the results. Are you sold? Okay, then, here's how to order. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Look for our specials on the front page. Get the Tea also carries top-rated supplements for those who care about their health naturally. Again, log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. 
Com and feel the results. And for those of you that arm yourself with information, come to our webinar every other Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's every other Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific. You can sign up at GetTheTea.com. Do you want to know the truth? Are UFOs real? Are aliens visiting Earth? Are governments around the world hiding the biggest secret in history? We're UFO Seekers, official partner of The Fringe FM, and we're on a hunt for the truth. Join us as we investigate locations like Area 51 by subscribing on YouTube at youtube.com slash UFO Seekers. Is that a new music app? Yeah, check it out. Surfer Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online stations, but the twist is you see the song names and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Ed's Dishwashing Liquid. The dishwashing liquid that is so mild it hardly stains your hands at all. Remember our motto, when you use Ed's Dishwashing Liquid, your plates will be so clean you could almost eat off them. All right, welcome back to Lighting the Void. Tonight is the open lines. The call-in number is 1-800-588-0335. And we're here with our guest host, Midnight Mike from OBDM, our Big Dumb Mouth podcast. And we are getting an update right now. As we speak, we've got Ryan Gable on the phone from Contact in the Desert. Ryan, is the chaos settled a little bit, or is it still going on strong right now? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, there's a lot of chaos. There's <laughs> a lot of chaos, it's a, huh? It's a pretty fun night. Yeah. You know, organizing something like this has to just be overwhelming. So I can't imagine trying to organize an event and keep everything in line. So things change and move around, and that's why we didn't call until, until right now. Yeah, I, I want to go. Hopefully I'll get to go next year. I've never got to go. I don't think Mike said he's – Mike, you've never got to go to contact either, right? No, I haven't. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I want to go. I'm hoping I'll get to go next year, but I know you're there, Suzanne's there, John's there, Gigi's there, and, of course, you know, Clyde's there, and 
the big shots are there too so yeah it would be something else uh i'm wondering though i saw your video on facebook about the ttsa thing that was kind of interesting you put yourself on the line there brother. Yeah. they could have held you captive yeah i always uh i always try to do that when i go into those places because i just i don't know it's a matter of principle to me just to make a statement not that it really necessarily does anything but i did get the tsa guy to acknowledge he, he joked around with the other agents when i said i want to opt out of the radiation box because millimeter wave technology breaks apart your dna and so he made a joke about that and then when i explained it in more detail he said, actually, you know what, man, I've, I've, I've heard that before. And I said, oh, so then why are you working here in front of this machine? <laughs> in front of this machine? So then, then they proceeded to pat me down. And, you know, they do I, – I, I, my hair's not very long, and I just got it cut again. But he patted the back of my head down. And I said, why do you have to touch my head? And he said, because you have hair. I said, well, what does that matter? He said, you could hide something in your hair. I said, my hair's like a quarter of an inch long. <laughs> what am I hiding in my hair? A paper gun? So, that's, it, that's the experience I, what, I, I just give it to him i don't know it's funny was that the roughest extent of your travels though to get to contact in the, i mean what happened when you landed didn't you have to go back through that thing or do they only do it when you take i mean take off or did you just no it's up? only when you take off okay no it's when you take off before you take off and then you know unless you leave like if i had to transfer at o'hare so unless you go out of the airport pad they have like a red line where if i step across it suddenly i could be dangerous so as soon as i step across that red line they want to frisk you again what was what do you think has been the coolest thing so far that you've seen at contact in the desert that i've seen or that i've experienced either one i think there's a there's a good a good difference i don't know for me my, for me personally when i first got here i walked into the uh, speaker room and they, they said, hey, you're not allowed to go in there. And I said, well, I know I'm not a speaker, but I was asked by some people to come say hi. So they let me in. And I had several people come up to me. Some people I didn't think that knew me that well. Um, somebody that you know, uh, Jason Quitt, came up to me and said, congratulations on the baby. Yeah. And, uh, he talked to me for several minutes. And, and he said, hey, I, I look at all your stuff on Facebook. I think a lot of stuff you post is funny. I was thinking... Like, I remember meeting Jason. He's a nice guy, but I didn't know he knew who I was. And I talked to, like, Clifford Mahoudi and some other people that I didn't realize how well-known I was or even you were. Like, a lot of, I mentioned you for the network, and a lot of people knew the Fringe. and So that was kind of cool. That was probably the coolest thing so far that's, that's happened. Yeah, one day Jason, I'll sneak Jason in there. Quick, Jason Quick seems like a, an extremely nice guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Jason is he, is is he yeah, super Jason tall? An extremely nice guy. Yeah, uh, relatively speaking, yeah, he's pretty tall. Okay, six five, maybe something like that. He's really yeah. nice. Like I don't know, Richard Dolan's a super nice guy. There's a lot of really, really genuine, sincere people here. And then Who's there are taller? some not so genuine, sincere people. Who's taller, Richard or uh, Jason Quick? Oh, Jason. He's okay. I Good. think taller Good. than everybody. All the girls love that guy too, and they don't know he's married. Every time he comes on my show. People ask me, is he single? And I'm like, yeah, no, he's married, right? Like, so he, he gets a lot of attention from the women, that's for sure. Well, people ask you that as a host? Yeah, well, they don't ask on the air, but they message me that, right? Can, oh, well, okay, yeah. here's, a, here's And I know this happens probably to both of you guys. What happens to me a lot is people, like when I had David Adair on, people, can you give me David Adair's email address? Like, I'm going to 
purposefully like invade somebody's privacy just for for you no sure let me give you his address let me give you his phone number here's his address like no i can't do that stuff you know you know what that looks like on me i'm not gonna do that david adair Adair is actually here is he yeah he was in the i didn't meet him i didn't say hi there's some people i just don't say hi to because i just uh, maybe not not the right opportunity or moment or I don't really know much about him, but I know I know David is here. <laughs> <laughs> Just follow him into. I did, you know what? That's one uh, way to do it. I did that with uh, Travis Walton once, and it was so embarrassing, man. I'll <laughs> tell did, you, that's funny. Uh, you yeah. followed him into the bathroom. I didn't mean to, though. It wasn't like I was trying to follow him in the bathroom. It's kind of like we both went in at the same time. But sure. I, now listen, though, I had been asking him to come over to our table and do an interview when we was at the Ozark conference. And he said, I would. And Dave Cruz uh-huh. kept making me go back and ask him. And then when I went into the bathroom, he looked at me and he kind of rolled his eyes. And I was like, Oh no, he thinks I'm in here to bug him about the thing. So I felt like I had to say something. So I was like, no, listen, I know. And he goes, look, I'll come over there whenever I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm not in the bathroom for that. And he goes, yeah, I hear you. So that he believed I was following him into the bathroom, but I wasn't, you know, Hey man, let's oh, go to the bathroom that, together. Not, <laughs> no, no, but see, but anyways, I, I, I guess I'm living in at contact in the desert vicariously through y'all. I did see the video that you you had up with Clyde and Ron, and I could see Gigi and John Polk in the background down in some beers trying to get on All camera. The Facebook Live, yeah, yeah, they yeah, were they, they were doing their best to get in on the camera. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. I didn't think Ron was going to do that. I don't. I don't like being on video, man. You guys like being on video. I can't stand it. Why? You're a beautiful man, right? I don't know. I just. I appreciate that, but you know, I feel like I just mastered the audio quality in my voice and like the you know, everything audio wise. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not ready for the video yet. So how's is everybody? Joe, Joe, is he handsome? Yeah, he's a good looking dude. Ain't nothing right. wrong, right? Oh, good. You're a good. You're a good looking oh, there are dude some too. Things, there are some things that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we won't go there. We won't go there. But how's everybody taking the news to this? Uh, I imagine everybody at Contact is talking about the uh, the UFO stuff all over the news. The TV show coming out. Uh, the Navy saying that they're going to take things more seriously. I'm pretty sure, although I don't know because I'm not there. Has that been a hot topic of people's speeches? No, uh, actually, you know, we talked about that on the Facebook Live video with Clyde and Brad, but other than that, maybe one other person mentioned it as a speaker. Granted, this is the first day, and there haven't been, you know, uh, hundreds of talks or anything, just a few people, and I've only been to a few. But no, generally uh, speaking, not many people have actually mentioned that. More people have talked to me. There's a ton of people. It's it's weird. It kind of makes me uncomfortable, but not in a bad way. A lot of people like recognize me or they knew me or they knew like the fringe and they've asked, they asked me like as I, as if I was an authority about like aliens or technology or someone talked to me today about TIs and asked me like what they can do. And I said, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think anybody really has the answer to those questions. A lot of people ask me stuff like that relating to technology more than, more than UFO sightings. Well, I'll do the same thing. And I'm sure Mike wants to know this too. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think this is official disclosure, confirmation bias, or a press release for a TV show, or all the above? Ooh, that yeah, that last one there, the the latter. That's a that's an interesting thing that I've noticed more and more. There was a uh, 
Remember that movie San Andreas with Dwayne Johnson that came out like five years ago or something? Yeah. Of course, I loved it. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was an awful movie, yeah. It's, it's an awful movie. Yeah, that movie came out, and uh, I remember I was sitting, sitting somewhere, and I looked at a news story about, like, the San Andreas Fault. And they were like, oh, the San Andreas Fault, it's, it's acting up. There could be a massive event. And I told that to some people, and they, and they said, oh, my God, that's insane. That's crazy. That's, you know, that's scary. And I said, yeah, but I think it's just because of the movie. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, there's a, San, there's a movie coming out called San Andreas. And at the end of the article that was like the AP, it was like, don't forget to catch San Andreas in theaters. It was, it was just a promotion for the movie. So, yeah, in a lot of ways, I, I imagine that a lot of this stuff is just promotion for the TV show, which if that's the case, that would make me think that whether or not the people that are putting the money into this to promote it, maybe they are sincere people that – ask the same kinds of questions we do, which I think in a lot of cases, the Navy and government officials do ask the same questions we do. I mean, that's why these people listen to radio shows like this, because the people we interview and the perspectives we have, you know, I even talked to John D'Souza about that one time. And he was saying, he said, on average, people don't know any more than, you know, in government than people know in public. And they're just as oblivious to what's going on. And he said they, they dump a lot of information because they, expect that you know someone in the public might actually have information that they don't have which is another thing i don't mean to rant but i was i was thinking about um the, did you hear the interview that my friend kev baker did with jordy rose the inventor of the d-wave did i tell you about that no i've still yet to even listen to that i've been wanting to go back and listen to it one thing from that interview stood out to me joe it was the uh, the fact that jordy rose who invented the first quantum computer average guy he couldn't get into college. No college would accept him. He's just an average guy. Didn't, I guess, didn't have good enough grades or whatever the case was. And then he goes on to build uh, a technological achievement that is arguably a, a, a massive milestone scientifically. And uh, they wouldn't, you know, he couldn't even get into college. So, you know, a lot of people that that might not, uh, you know, be in official positions, they might know more than the people that are in official positions. If that makes that makes sense. Well, it, I mean, look, I've looked into this a little bit through, I guess, vicariously through Tim Doyle and stuff, and I kind of see how it sets up, you know, with George Knapp and Luis Elizondo and Harry Reid and how this turned into a big investigation of, uh, like, UFO, UFO investigation. Kind of like, hey, I got a buddy that wants to investigate UFOs, and here's some clips. Let's get some government money. And then there's this book company that starts up, and we're going to talk about UFOs and technology, but we're also going to sell shirts and talk about entertainment, which don't make sense to me. And this goes on and on. It dissipates, but we stay on top of it. Then all of a sudden, the Navy people come out, which they've been doing for years, but now all of a sudden, it's important that the Navy pilots have been reporting UFOs forever, and now it's a big deal, and the TV show just happens to be launching this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got you it. Know. Exactly. I'm not saying that opinion, it's not. It's in my just opinion, awfully convenient. Yeah, it's it's more than I think it's more than just promotion. My experience in working in bureaucracies, they move they move incredibly slow and there's always ideas that are pitched and either the timing is not right to execute those ideas. And obviously that this show has been in the works. This this uh, history channel show has been in the works for, for a while. And for the Navy and the Pentagon to make this decision in conjunction or allowing this show to take place with with soldiers and, and pilots who have signed signed away probably some uh, some they probably signed 
some non-disclosure agreement to release that. There's, there's got to be a set of gears that have turned the exact same way. And it, I don't think it was just promotion for a TV show. There's something else going on here. And it took a lot of back and forth. There's so much going on behind the scenes. And I'd love to know more about that. I feel left in the dark is what I'm saying. I feel yeah. like there's something going on. Yeah, certainly. There's something more to it than just promotion, of course. What it is, who knows, but I don't I don't like using the word disclosure. I don't think disclosure is really what it is. To me it seems like a combination of yeah, promotion on the small small end of it, but then as you as you build up to what's more and more likely, it seems like a part of it is they don't know, they don't have any idea the public has a renewed interest in these subjects. So it's kind of popular to bring that material to the public's attention for whatever reason. There are, there could be and are a lot of reasons why. And then, you know, on another level, it could be a disinformation campaign that uh, that's a result of, you know, exploiting people's interest in the subject. I mean, there really are so many different possibilities. But again, that's the interesting thing. Nobody knows for sure, especially in the circles of, of what we do. And to think that any one particular speaker, guest, radio host has all the answers is very, 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 very false. It's not true. Nobody has all the answers. If they did, we'd have conclusions and we know for sure. We don't have conclusions. We don't know for sure. We have ideas. We speculate. And that's where, that's where I leave it. That's what I think. It's got to go back to money at some point. And it, it's not just promotion for the TV show. They might be promoting an idea, uh, maybe, the, maybe a certain part of the military needs a bigger budget and uh, people love space. They love, they love the public facing NASA. So maybe there could be some sort of space tax that people could sign on if they're not getting the, the budget that they desire. I mean, I think what they only all for, for space force, they only allocated maybe $6 billion, which seems like a, a drop in a bucket for a brand new branch of the armed services. So this could be promotion and anticipation for asking for yeah. more money. Yeah, to just exactly to justify getting more funds. Yeah, certainly. Do you Good think point. people are getting mad at us for saying this though, or like I feel like people yeah, are going to be I mad do. because they're like you're just trying to poo poo on this great disclosure happening, and it's not. Well, it's, my, it's not that at all, man. I just don't like being lied to or deceived. I guess if that skeptical. makes any sense. My favorite. Well, it's being truly skeptical. Excuse me. Uh, one, one thing that was funny this morning that happened, I run across this all the time in radio. Is some, somebody asked Clyde a question this morning during his atomic alien presentation. And they said, why do you think they've been sending so many people down to Antarctica? And he said, well, you know, obviously Antarctica, there's, you know, they found uh, thousands of different species that they supposedly have cataloged in Lake Vostok. And, yeah. she, and the woman said, well, but, is, but, the, the, but why are they sending all these government officials down there? And he said, well, because they found something there that they believe is is applicable to studying, you know, moons like Europa, that there's probably life on a planet like Europa below the ice. And they said, yeah, but but that's probably, they're sending people down there because there's aliens. <laughs> he said, but aliens, he, he literally said, but aliens don't have to be like, he said something to the to effect of like blue avians or something. He said, they don't have to be those or they don't have to be grays. Aliens can be microbial life. And like, I don't know who the woman was, just somebody here. Um, and she just, she like, I don't think she could understand that it doesn't have to be blue rooster robot chicken hens for it to be alien life. It can be a microbe 
something microscopic, something that's already been discovered in the 70s on Mars. They knew that there were microbes on Mars, various forms of alien life. It doesn't have to look like an extraterrestrial from, you know, a Spielberg film for it to be an alien. Yeah, exactly. see, that upsets people, though, doesn't it? Why? But, but yeah, because it, 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 it will because they have a confirmation bias. And obviously people don't believe official narratives or sources, rightfully so in most cases. And so they turn immediately to the opposite. And what the opposite is, if it's not a PSYOP, it's people that believe the immediate opposite of everything I'm told is true. They believe everything they're told is a lie. And that's not always the case. Everything you're told is not true and everything you're told is not a lie. It's somewhere in between. Not every representative of a government agency is trying to deceive you. I mean, that would some people literally believe like postal workers, which are part of the government, are like part of some alien cover-up. I've heard that before. That's right. To me, that sounds insane. It's not that simple. <laughs> or polar, I should say. It's not that polar. Well, on a more, I guess on a more lighter note, who's your favorite celebrity that you got to see there? Besides Clyde Lewis, who's your favorite celebrity? I know you're well, really taking pictures. You know, yeah, I took a couple of pictures. I took a picture with Giorgio. I never met Giorgio before. He was a pretty genuine guy. He still got the crazy know, hair. Uh, yeah, it's getting smaller. It seems <laughs> like it's getting smaller. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> probably, Maybe with age, the probably hair age. Yeah, but yeah, Giorgio's. Uh, that's all. Yeah. Everybody wants to take a picture with that guy. He's a good celeb. That's basically. Yeah, that's what he does. He just hangs out there and takes pictures. And I got him to do a promo for me though. It was a pretty good, pretty damn good promo. I actually, actually, you know what? I think one of the coolest guys I met, who I spent some time with a couple of years ago, I, I, I like David Hatcher Childress a lot, and he's one of Brad Olson's friends. And they were hanging out, and I had David do a promo for me, and then we talked a bit. So he's a pretty cool dude. But I'm not really, I know like you, I'm not really starstruck by people. I just, I know people, don't know people, introduce myself, and some people I just am uninterested in. That's not a negative thing. I just, it's like, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm uninterested in that. You know anybody going to the George Nori? You know, go. You know anybody going to the George Nori lunch? I'm really curious about the paid that. Like, yeah, the paid dinner where sometimes he'll sing songs to people. Oh, that's epic. Uh, yeah, that shit's hilarious. Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, that's, uh, yeah, that's 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 uh, that's an interesting thing. I, I want to wait. No, no, wait. Hold on. Do you have to pay you know? to eat with him or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to pay to get in there. Dude, last year they did that. They had two people that sung a song about George Norrie. And then they had <laughs> someone I knew was in there. And they were they were charging like you got the food and then you had to pay individually for drinks. So you had to pay for like, you know, beer, wine, whatever you wanted to drink. You had to pay additional on top of the food. So it got it was like $13 for a drink. But nothing else here is really that expensive. But that I guess that's how they keep coast to coast on air. <laughs> I don't know. The drinks are usually expensive anyways. But can he sing good? Have you heard him sing? That's what I want to know. I want to know what kind of songs he sings. Uh, I, Is he going to sing like some Slayer you know or I, something? <laughs> I don't think so. I've not heard I've not heard the song, but I've I've heard I've heard well. I've heard well. Yeah, I, I think but George is really a really likes good friend to sing. Well, no he does. He's, he does. I don't know if you know do you know Karen Dahlman? Karen, Dahl, uh, Karen Dahlman is the Ouija board. Ouija board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been hanging out. Actually, yeah, I've been hanging out with her. We went out to lunch, and we've been hanging out uh, several times since I've gotten here. And she's really good friends with George. And, yeah, she said he can sing pretty well. So, 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, Wouldn't that hey be Joe, that if, we, if we go next year, we go next year, it only costs. Uh, sixty-five dollars for the uh, in addition to the ticket to get to the uh, the, the nori lunch. So for sixty-five dollars, we can get to the uh, the nori lunch, and this one's sold out. I, I I bet we can get in for free. I bet if we get a table next year and we all split it and we just put some fringe stuff up, and then we can we can maneuver our way around. I gave I gave my friend Karen a press pass from last year, and it works to get in places. So oh my god, you shouldn't <laughs> be saying that on the air. You, you, you're you going to get me oh, in no, trouble. Okay. You didn't do it. I did it. <laughs> it's not a big deal. She, she, okay, to be fair, she paid for a pass to come anyway, but I gave her a press pass so she wouldn't have to like deal with parking and stuff like that. Yeah. I, uh, for some reason, I got a feeling they're just not going to let me in. You know? I don't know why. Well, dude, if they let me in, they let you in. Come on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Hey, let me go see if I can get quiet, okay? Do you, okay, yeah, we'll wait. Do you think do you think that I'm, I'll be able to get in, Mike? Um, how tall are you? I'm six foot four. Oh, you're too big. No, 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 no I'm not. I'm, I'm like five <laughs> ten, man. I'm not six foot four. I'm six foot four, dark, tall, and handsome. No, I think I think. Uh, I think you'd be fine. You, you don't talk too much crap about people. Uh, me, on the other hand, uh, I am the the four eleven community does not like me at all. That because they the four eleven community, the missing four eleven community. If you take a look at my YouTube channels and the comments, people absolutely hate us. Why? We, we we joke around. We make light of certain subject matters, and uh, they don't they don't think that uh, we're the best. Uh, Put forward when it comes to that subject matter. It's not. I mean, that's David Politis' subject. We just talk about some of the stories and and put our own theories and spin on stuff. We try to make fun of everything, but we rub people the wrong way, no matter what we talk about. Because uh, we just joke around a, a little bit, and uh, people take. What I found out is that people take their their paranormal topics and their UFO topics and missing four of them. They take it super serious. If you joke around about it it makes it seem as though you don't think it's real. You don't take it serious. And we take it, we take everything with a grain of salt, but we also, I consider everything as a possibility too. I wonder why, I wonder if that's why he hasn't come on my show. Cause I think I've asked that guy to come on my show. I've, I've asked him. Uh, he is very difficult to get, uh, to, to get a hold of. Um, when I talked to Greg of the higher side chats about it, uh, had he, Greg told me, 
uh, I'm just going to say this. I don't know if he wants to on the air, but um, had like he suspected that if uh, David Politis knew that Greg was such a weed smoker, he would not have appeared on his show. He is very anti-drugs, very anti-weed, and he doesn't like to associate himself with people who do those kinds of things. I'm not saying that you do, but if I mean, Greg has a very high-profile show. You'd figure you'd want to get on there to sell books regardless if the person smokes weed. Yeah. Uh, so if he's not going to do Greg's show, who does a very radio-friendly show, very nice to his guests, and whereas uh, I am probably a little bit more abrasive, he sure as hell is not going to come on our show. I, I tell you what, it does get tiring worrying about towing the line all the time. It really does. I gave up. I gave up. If I can get guests on the show, great. Um, but uh, I've, I've been told by some people like, hey, you're you're too crass. Uh, you should be more family friendly. You shouldn't talk about all these things. And I was like, well, I want to do the show that I'm that I want to do. If, You've if never we don't ever get popular, so be it. You never come across me as somebody who I mean, sure, you joke, but you've never came across to me as somebody who takes stuff like that. Not it just you just don't seem that way to me. Uh, I I, I, well, I, I think if you maybe I should maybe listen you, more. huh? Yeah, well, I mean. It depends. If you if you just heard me for the first time, maybe. But if you listen to an entire show, you probably understand the show. But a lot of people who come across us on YouTube, they only listen to us for 10 minutes for that segment, and they don't understand the context of the show. And uh, so I, I understand. And right. uh, that's just the way it is. All right. Well, you know what? You're a cool guy. Hey, guys. Now. I'm. What's up, brother? What's the report? Oh, hey, I'm... I'm wandering around. I found Claude. He went up to his room. He said, give him like a couple minutes, and I think I'm going to go up there and we'll, uh, we'll come back on in a second. Is it really loud? Where I'm, where, I'm, where I'm standing right now, can you hear a lot of background noise? I hear background noise, but you know, it, it, it adds a little bit of nostalgia, so you're good. Yeah, background it's, it's nostalgia. Like Phil Hendry plays the, uh, the background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're, we got to yeah, take a break anyway, stuff. so we're going to take a break here, and then we're going to do... Or this isn't going to be a riddle like last time. This one's going to be this one's going to be called "Spy the Lie." All right, and we'll do "Spy the Lie." I'm going to give you three things. All you got to do is guess which one is the lie, and then we'll give a free T-shirt. But you got to call in. We got we're on the phone with Ryan Gable. My guest host tonight is Midnight Mike from OBDM. Hopefully, we're going to be able to talk to Clyde Lewis at that busy place called Contact in the Desert. We'll be right back. interested in occult subjects psychic abilities symbols tarot witchcraft magic or anything similarly related my book occult arcana will provide you with a truly objective overview of these topics and more written in anything but modern language occult arcana was compiled to help researchers balance their quest for a better understanding of the meanings of and in such studies Occult Arcana is available in softcover and digital form from www.thesecretteachings.info. All copies can also be autographed if requested. That's Occult Arcana 
from www.thesecretteachings.info. From Studio 401, it's the Stranger Than Fiction News right here on The Fringe FM. I'm Vance Nesbitt, and here's our headlines. Catholic man has been nailed to a cross every Good Friday for the past 33 years. A Filipino Catholic man playing the role of Jesus Christ in a yearly Good Friday reenactment of his crucifixion has been nailed to a wooden cross for the 33rd consecutive time this past Good Friday. A 58-year-old man in San Fernando City has been volunteering to get nailed to a cross on Good Friday since the 1980s, but recently announced that next year will be his last impersonating Jesus Christ. He is currently looking for a successor, willing to have four-inch nails driven into his hands and feet and get lifted up on a large wooden cross for about five minutes. He also wants that person to be humble and not brag about that special role. And a man cuts off his own finger after accidentally voting for the wrong candidate in a national election. Pawan Kumar, a 25-year-old Indian man from Uttar Pradesh, chopped off his index finger with a meat cleaver in desperation after accidentally voting for the wrong candidate in India's national election. Kumar became an overnight sensation, first in India and then globally, thanks to a viral video of him with a bandaged index finger he reportedly cut off as self-punishment for voting for the wrong candidate. Source, Oddity Central. And a 10-year court battle of a woman who was fined for not holding an escalator handrail. When riding an escalator, it is recommended that you keep a tight grip on the handrail, well, just to be safe. But what if you choose to disregard that advice? Well, one Canadian woman has been fighting a 10-year-long court battle for her right to ride the escalators hands-free. And let's go on a fun fact blitz, and let's see how many you remember by the end of the day. The world's youngest parents were age 8 and 9. They lived in China, and they had their child in 1910. In the 16th and 17th century in the country of Turkey, anyone caught drinking coffee was put to death. Abraham Lincoln's dog was also assassinated. In England, the Speaker of the House is not allowed to speak. About 3,000 years ago, most Egyptians died by the time that they were 30. It's also known that the first contraceptive was crocodile dung, and it was used by the Egyptians in 2000 B.C. The youngest pope was 11 years old. And Richard Versailles, a tenor performing at New York's Metropolitan Opera House, suffered a heart attack and fell off a 10-foot ladder to the stage just after singing the line, You Can Only Live So Long. Thanks for listening to the Stranger Than Fiction News right here on The Fringe FM. Again, I'm Vance Nesbitt, news anchor and sorcerer. Do you want... 
want to know the truth? Are UFOs real? Are aliens visiting Earth? Are governments around the world hiding the biggest secret in history? We're UFO Seekers, official partner of The Fringe FM, and we're on a hunt for the truth. Join us as we investigate locations like Area 51 by subscribing on YouTube at youtube.com slash UFO Seekers. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. You're listening to Lighting the Void Radio. To call Joe, pick up the phone, dial 1-800-588-0335, toll free from the United States or Canada. You're listening to Lighting the Void Radio. It's Friday Night Live, open lines. We're here with Midnight Mike from OBDM. Also getting phone calls in from Contact in the Desert uh, from Ryan Gave from Ryan Gable. We're also we're doing a whole bunch of stuff tonight. So let me do this. Let me get this riddle out so you guys can be thinking about this. I don't even think Mike knows the answer to this. We're going to do it anyway. This one's called Spy the Lie. And the call number is one 800 Zero three three five one eight hundred five eight eight zero three three five. Three things. Which one is the lie? And don't text it in because I'm not even going to answer you. All right, here it is. Are you ready, Mike? I'm ready. Spy the lie. Number one. If you lived on Mars, you'd get an extra half hour each day. Is that true or is it a lie? Number two. The company which owns the patent and trademark for bubble wrap is the same company that makes spam. Is that true or is that a lie? And number three. A snail can crawl over the edge of a razor blade without cutting itself. Spy the lie. Call in at 1-800-588-0335. You get a free t-shirt. I've been sending those things out like crazy. Everybody loves free t-shirts, even if you don't like the show. You know, you don't That's even right. have to know. Just get the t-shirt. Say, like, well, it's free clothing. Come on, you know, what do you got to lose? And right, you, you got three guesses. What's that? You can wear a free t-shirt to bed. Yeah, just you got three. Get- I actually know somebody I think that wears a lighting the void T-shirt to bed, but I won't say their name. I don't want to embarrass them. So, what do you got, uh, Mike, on this thing? So, I, I think you and I are in agreement about this, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm hoping we get Clyde Lewis on the phone because I want to hear what he says too. Right? I want to um, hear what he has to say about it. Which one's the lie? Oh, not which one's the lie. Well, we, we were kind of playing spy the lie when it comes to the... <laughs> I won't the, even guess. I won't the, guess. The UFO thing, right? Well, you can guess. Yeah. I just won't tell you the answer. No, I'm not going to guess. I'm not going to guess. That's for, the, that's for the listeners that can call in and wear, wear a t-shirt. Um, boy, when it comes to uh, contact the desert and UFOs, and it's, I find it hard to believe that no one's talking about this. Like, no public speaker, no speakers that's presenting down there has, has mentioned 
this yet, but I suspect that that they will. And I, I really want to hear Clyde's opinion on what he thinks the next step in the rollout of this information is. You got the got the New York Times coming out. You got the Washington Post coming out acknowledging that there's an aerial phenomenon that's unexplainable. You got the the History Channel TV show that is debuting today. So what is the next step now that it's out there? It's in mainstream media. There's got to be a next step, and I kind of wonder what he thinks that may be. Yeah, I'm wondering that too. But I think Ryan is trying to get him on the phone, so we'll take yeah. uh, we'll take this phone call real quick and just to see if somebody can spy the lie. Hello, you are on the air with Joe Roop and Mike from OBDM. Are you either this is Clyde or you're spying the lie? Who are we speaking with? This is Manny. Hey, Joe. What, hey, what's up? What's your guess, real quick? What do you think? Uh, I would, I would guess uh, true, false, true. True, false, true. So you're saying that that the company which owns the patent and trademark for bubble wrap is the same company that makes spam, right? That's the law. Oh, I was going in order. I was going in order. Sorry, my bad, Joe. Yeah, but is that the one you think you is it? a lie? That's what it sounds like. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's what it is. Jesus, man, this one was supposed to be hard. You win, brother. You got a free T-shirt. So, oh, oh hell yeah! <laughs> Make sure, like you, uh, I don't know if you can hit me up on Discord or email me at contact at lightingthevoid.com. Either one, or uh, we'll get your contact info. You can email producer at thefriends.fm. Tell me, I'll know it's you, and we'll get you a free T-shirt. Right? Cool. Thanks, Joe. Hey, can I give a quick shout out to Mike from OBDM? Hell yeah, you can. Hey, man, hey, I love doing? the show, Mike. You know me, Manny. How's it going? Hey, Manny. Exactly. Hey, Manny, thank you for all your hard work on the uh, the YouTube. He's he's my YouTube sheriff. Fighting the trolls, man. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Thank there? you very much, man. I really appreciate you uh, you taking the time to listen and uh, and get our question right off the bat. How about that? Yeah, thank you. Heck, you wanna, heck for, yeah. That was too, man, I, mean, I thought I made that one hard, but that one was too easy, I guess. But yeah, congratulations! You won. Well, <laughs> I cheated a little bit because I knew two of those off oh, the bat. I was like, oh, "Come man, on, I know what's exactly. up." <laughs> All right, I, I know a lot of weird facts, man. Well, but hey, you. Joe, you got a new listener, man. I, I love the show, man. I'll let you guys go. All right, take care. God bless you. We'll talk Bye. to you soon. Hey, Great Joe, job. Yeah, I'm here. Are you still there, brother? We were giving away t-shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got Clyde Lewis here with me. All right, Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero. I hope I'm um, hopefully we're the last person you talk to tonight. I imagine as a uh, you're a big celebrity right now, everybody's all over you, and I wish I was there. I wish well, I could hear you speak. I got I got something to tell you. You are the last person I'm going to say goodnight to. <laughs> Good. Just yeah. moving back. So now go. Well, I got anyway, just the, you're the last voice I'm going to hear tonight before my roommate goes to bed. What's that? <laughs> well, I got just a couple of questions. Number one, I want to say from it's an honor and a pleasure to hear you every night on the radio. Like you're the go-to guy for me and everybody else right now, and uh, you're leading the. You're on the tip of the spear when it comes to getting to the bottom of the truth, and I really appreciate what you do. It's an honor to have you spend a few minutes with us here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that very much, and you know it's great that I get to be on with you guys. I mean, it's uh, you know heard a lot about you never been on your show so it's good that i'm on your show now i've heard so much about you i can come on and talk to you right on yeah absolutely so i know we don't want to take up too much of your time i've got two quick questions for you 
Number one, this is a question that right. I've always wanted to ask you. What does and and might be a you don't have to do real long on this one, but what for somebody like me that's trying to do late night radio or podcasting when it comes to truth seeking, what is what does it really take to get to where you are now, right? What I mean, what do you have to go through to get to that point? That's what I've always wanted to work ask you. Work for free. I'm just kidding. <laughs> work for free? Yeah, that's you know, work for free. Work yeah. for free. Um, done and done. Uh, well, uh, that's done. One and done. Uh, no, I, I would say this. Uh, the way you get to where you need to be is I always tell people any monkey can talk on a radio or a podcast. Learn how to produce, and I mean everything, produce sound effects, produce do artwork, write something, uh, get your stuff out there that's beyond what you do, read and, uh, you know, vary yourself. I mean, you know, sure, some people are good at that. They're good at just talking, and that's great. But you got to be able to do more than that. you got to be able to, you know, read, study, write, produce, do artwork, promote yourself. And uh, that's how you get where you need to go. Because, uh, you know, any person can be great, but if they don't have anybody talking them up or if you're not talking yourself up, no one's going to pay attention. So you got to do that. All right. Well said. And here's the biggest question right now. I tend to take a, a little right. bit of, uh, um, I don't know, um, a little bit of a conspiracy notion. I think when this this whole idea of disclosure, all the stuff that's happening with the Navy, everything that's coming out on the news, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, okay, well, there's mm-hmm. a big TV show launching. Is this a press release or is this the real deal? Are they just taking advantage of the situation? I don't know. I don't know why I'm not up in arms, jumping up and down. I should be, but I'm not because I don't feel How about fully confident. Identifiable, right? History Channel identifiable show, right? I, uh, I've actually uh, since I've been here, I've taken on the uh, the dubious task of telling people disclosures already happening, and it may not be what we want, but it's what we got. And I know that everybody wants it to be, you know, all put together in a box saying, yes, you know, Virginia, there are aliens. And yes, you know, they're landing here. And yes, we have free energy. And yes, they're all going to come down like, you know, you know, Sedona hippies and love, love us and kiss us and give us everything from penicillin to whatever we got. Mm-hmm. And no, uh, what's going on is the Navy uh, actually has said, and this is their words, we acknowledge that there are UFOs. We are considering that they're piloted by ETI. That's their statement. So if that's their statement, then that's disclosure. Because what they're saying is that, yes, we know that UFOs are there. We've been investigating them, and now we're determining whether or not they're piloted by ETI. Now, if they're trying to determine if they're piloted by ETI, then they know that ETI exists. Okay? And if they're changing their protocols because they don't want their men to be stigmatized, and they know what's going on. And the, the catch-all here is that even though the men will be able to report these UFOs without having any stigma, the people will not know what's being reported. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Because they'll keep it pretty hush-hush. But as I was saying during my presentation today, Oumuamua, when it showed up on the scene, basically everybody was on that, you know, they were on it like Bubata, and they were saying, hey, guys, guess what? We got this thing out here that we don't know what it is. 
not a comet, it's not a meteor. And Stephen Hawking, you know, jumps out of his wheelchair and says, hey, guys, we're going to head up a team, and we're going to try to find out if this is alien or not. He dies, and, and then they leave it to Avi Loeb, and Avi Loeb at Harvard says it's a spaceship. Everybody else is saying, you're a moron, it's not a spaceship, it is a spaceship. But little do we know that they, they, uh, they did a nomenclature meeting at NASA to change all their nomenclatures, and they did everything at SETI, and they created SETI, which is Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. They, they uh, created METI, which is the Messaging Extraterrestrial Intelligence. They created SETA, S-E-T-A, which is, uh, S-E-T-A, which is uh, Search for Extraterrestrial Artifacts. They decided they're going to call them extraterrestrials. They said that's a slippery slope because they can be something more than what we don't have on Earth. So, of course, they're hinting at ultra-terrestrials, which are basically uh, beings that come from dimensions. They said they will not use the term alien. Alien is not called for because they're not aliens. Aliens are something we don't want. This is something we want to explore and look into. So you have all these groups like coming together and saying, well, now we have new ways of looking at it. Even SETI now has said, this is not search for extraterrestrial intelligence. What we're looking for are extraterrestrial techno-signatures meaning that we need proof that technology is out there that the aliens are using. Why would they do that? Oh, because we got proof a while ago. It's called Oumuamua, this weird cylindrical-shaped whatever it was, falling right. through space, going, you know, huge amount of, uh, it, it went away, I think it came in about 56,000 miles an hour and went out at 198,000 miles an hour. Now, tell me this. It didn't pass that close to the sun, but right when it got to Jupiter, it accelerated 196,000 miles an hour. Chewie, get us out of here. That's exactly what happened. Something accelerated the thing. It got the hell out of there. So, you know, say what... Yeah, and NASA has created synthetic... NASA has created synthetic DNA. It's alien DNA, and it's got eight components instead of four. Our components are four. They've created an eight-component DNA alien specimen. Now, if they've created that, what do they have to compare it to? These just don't whip up a, an alien DNA and say, guess what, guys? We created alien DNA. They've got something that they're modeling it after. So if they've created that, then somewhere along the line, they've got an alien body somewhere, or they've got alien DNA somewhere, or they've got something they found on Mars that they can actually replicate. So life is out there. They've acknowledged UFOs, and now they're considering whether or not they're being piloted by ETI. That's disclosure. It's exactly what it is. And I'll tell you this. I made a statement once uh, on my show. I said, I will only believe disclosure happens if we're getting it from the intelligence agencies. And we're getting exactly it. where we're getting it. We're getting yeah. it from the intelligence agencies. The reason why I believe it from the intelligence agencies is because if it came from anywhere else, it would be it would be it would be fake. And the reason why is because they wouldn't know. Intelligence would know. Now, here's the thing though, here's a catch. Intelligence also lies. So we're getting maybe a part of the story. Not getting all of it, but we are getting enough to say it's okay now. Aliens are here, or aliens are out there, and they're and they're investigating them now. So that's my opinion on disclosure. Disclosure is happening. It's already happened. It happened when the Navy changed their minds about UFOs, and when they told us that they are actually considering them being piloted by ETI. Plain and simple. Do you think they know what they're dealing with? Though I don't think. I don't think they know what they're dealing with. Though they don't. That's that's one of the reasons why they don't want to come too. That's forward. why they don't say they don't UFO say, oh. most of the time. Right. Yeah, I feel, well, I, right. Calling UAP, but that's because when when Oumuamua happened, they had to change all of the nomenclature. They changed all. Of it. I wish I had all the details in front of you. They did my presentation, but they went in and they had a meeting at UC Berkeley. They had a meeting at uh, UC Santa Cruz. They had a meeting at NASA. They had a meeting. They had all these meetings, emergency meetings afterwards. Even Trump wanted Space Force. So 
I mean, Trump wanted Space Force after Muamua appeared because he called the Pentagon. He says, you know, if we have one of these things out here, we're going to call Space Force. You know, he's like really you know, into it. And, you know, and everything's saying, everything's saying, is President Trump going to give us disclosure? And he goes, yes, as a matter of fact, I'm going to give everybody disclosure. UFO here, UFO there, UFO Nancy Pelosi, and UFO Chuck Schumer. FO, you know what that means, right? Anyway, I'm just saying that, no, I, I just don't think Trump would do that, but he'd call the Space Force, and that would be hilarious if he did that. And we. Oh, yeah, well, of course. I mean, Harry Reid said we need more money because there's a UFO race going on between Russia, China, and the United States. They don't want Russia to make friends with the aliens, and they don't want China to make friends with the aliens. Well, you know, Clyde, it's, I got to say, I mean, I got to say, like, I don't want to keep you here. I don't want to keep you because I know you got to round the night down. But look, uh, my my biggest fear as a radio talk show host, and Ryan knows this, is to be not entertaining, to be boring. And, you know, you know, the biggest fears of of a talk radio host. And I can definitely say that when I listen to your show, I feel like that you have got all those things nicked. You're not boring. You're the opposite of boring. You're entertaining. You know, you know what it is? You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. I had I, my son. I took my son to a KISS concert. And we had 12th row. It was lucky. We got 12th row to a KISS concert. And he's like, what? He was pushing 30 at the time. And I'm thinking, I'm taking my kid to a KISS concert. What the hell? I think he'll probably think I'm kind of an old fogey. So he's out there, you know, cheering and yelling. And, you know, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley go, you want to rock and roll? And he goes, yeah, you want to rock and roll? He's going crazy. And at the end of the night, I go, so what do you think of the Kiss concert? He says, Dad, you know what I love about you? And I go, what's that? He says, you're relevant. That's right. So it's not about being boring. It's not about being entertaining. It's about being relevant. If you're relevant, that's the key. Yeah, well. Be relevant. Be good to yourself. Well, we all appreciate what you do, man. Like, really, you are the you're the go-to guy, and you got the you're under Sun Broadcasting Group now, and I feel like you're finally getting your due, and you more to come. And I wish you all the best because I know you're going to get it, man. You you deserve it, and we'll be listening every night we can. Well, thank you, thank you, and I count you as one of my friends. I really appreciate what you've done and and what you're doing because I think it's amazing. So thank you so much for the opportunity, and I'd love to talk with you again sometime when I have more time. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks for coming on, Clyde. I really appreciate it. You bet. You bet. Have a good night, everybody. You too. Clyde Lewis. Space Force. Yeah, Space Force, right? Yeah. So we got to talk to Ryan Gable. We got to talk to Clyde Lewis, and he's wounding the night down. And, uh, yeah, now I really want to go to contact in the desert. A mile ago, I said I wanted to go. I want to go even more now. So we're going next year, Mike. Let's do it. I don't know if is Ryan. Are you back on the phone? Or are you going to bed too? I think everybody goes to bed when I do talk. But we don't know. We don't know. I'm gonna, uh, but we already. So I already gave away the T-shirt. That's done. I was hoping yeah, that would last t-shirt. another That's thirty, forty-five minutes. One of your listeners guessed it already. Yeah, they're real slime balls. <laughs> right. So, so what do you think about what he said though? Like he, he's. I mean, he negates everything that I'm saying. Like, I feel like it's a TV show thing, but he's he's really got all the facts right. He feels like I, it's disclosure. I listened to Clyde uh, for for years, and um, I, I got to say, I was just sitting back and listening to you talk to him, and it was like I feel honored just being here 
talking to him, like being on the same Skype session. It, it uh, was uh, quite interesting. If you're as much of a fan of radio as I am, it was really cool to, to listen to Clyde just kind of answer questions off the cuff like that. Uh, but for what he said, um, yeah, you're not that boring. Yeah, that's what he was no, getting at. No, I'm just saying, like, it's it's a, <laughs> oh. it's, it's a fear. Like, if you're an artist, you look at art. Like, you have an artist that you look up to. If you're I a know. musician, you know, you might look at, like, Prince or whoever, or, or I don't know, Ozzy Osbourne, and you're like, what, are the, what do they got? And I want to make sure that I have that. When you get into doing talk radio, especially every single night, you have to be... You know, you have to be able to at least talk enough for people want to listen, right? Yeah, I totally agree. I know it's it, it's a it's a fear of mine. Uh, I always have the fear of I go back and like listen to the show, make sure it like came out all right. Just listen to it a little bit, and then I I always have that. Oh man, I should have said that. I should have. I should have. <laughs> yeah, I should have exactly. done that. Oh my yeah. god, I have all my great one liners after the show. Yeah, um, that's exactly what I've. That's exactly what I think when I hear. These are the talk show hosts. Like, if I go back and listen to the Art Bell archives or if I listen to Clyde, to be honest with you, all right, Ryan Gable, Clyde Lewis, and the Art Bell archives are something I make sure I listen to. On the weekends, I'll try to catch your show when I can. You've seen me pop in there sure. uh, from time to time. And uh, because I like, I love radio. I love, love radio. I don't love podcasting. I mean, podcasting is great. I, I We have a podcast, I guess, with the archive. But I love radio. That's there's what I different, like. I, I think there's a there's definitely a different tone and tenor to a podcast versus a radio show. And I view myself as doing a radio show. You uh, do do a radio I, show. Yeah, I I I, I think like uh, Rogan. That's that's a podcast. It's like a sit down kind of conversation. And I think that's what is kind of like NPR has basically got the podcast feel. It's kind of lower. It's not. There's not a lot of high energy to it. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not a hard and fast rule. That's just the way I, I hear it. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I like radio shows. I will binge on, like, I listen to old Howard Stern nonstop. I will, yeah. I will listen He's to good. just He's nine good. hours of Howard Stern from 2008, 2009, binge on that, listen to some old Opie Anthony. I, I dive into some, uh, Art Bell archives on, uh, on YouTube and same with George Norrie. I also love listening to George Knapp. So I, there is something, there's a great feeling listening to it because you're forced to use your mind, use the theater of the mind. So you're just laying in bed listening to some like late night creepy radio and it activates your mind. You're, you have to make the images in your head. It's, it's a really great medium for communication. You know, John Denver wrote a song called Late Night Radio and it had UFOs and stuff in it. Have you ever heard it? No, I haven't. Oh God, I got to play that later, man. John Denver, I mean, we're already in the third hour here, by yeah. the way. Oh, you know, I've never gotten nervous. I've talked to some of the biggest celebrities on this show. I swear to God, I have. I've never gotten nervous until I talked to that man. Could you tell I was nervous? No, I couldn't. I was nervous, man. I was stumbling over my words. I should have wrote down my questions because I was like, okay, I'm only going to ask him two questions because it's late night. Everybody's been on this guy, you know. Figure out. You can tell he's a radio guy. Radio radio guys, radio people, they love to talk, and they'll they'll say they're going to come on for five minutes, but it always is like fifteen minutes to half hour. Um, I like to talk about what he actually said, though. Yeah, and like he had a a good perspective. You can just tell how knowledgeable he is about this subject and how much he really cares about it. Uh, when it comes to like the SETI and the Anumamu, uh, whatever you want to, I don't even know how to. 
Amuamua. Yeah. Amuamua. I, I can't even pronounce it correctly. If he's I, right, see, I didn't even know that. Over a fierce people. Yeah, the Anu, the Anu if he's right about that, about how it took off and accelerated like that, that's a freaking spaceship, man. No I think he is right about that. About I, it. I, I did hear and did read that the, the trajectory uh, wasn't what they calculated it to be and that it accelerated. So if you got, you got SETI uh, all up in this, you got uh, METI. And uh, he's uh, basically saying this is this is dis- disclosure. It's not what we expected or wanted, but this is what it looks like, and that's what this is. I I agree with him. It is a form of disclosure, and we have to kind of just accept it. And I uh, I want to know what's next. And I imagine? hadn't heard that DNA thing. I hadn't heard that 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 DNA thing. That's something I have to look up. Yeah. And I know how hard this guy works too. I've got some inside notion on how he works. I get like a couple of hours because to to you know to prep for a show. This guy works, man. I mean, I, I'm not trying to suck up to him or nothing. But everybody I've talked to, Ron, I've talked to Ryan, like some of his close friends, people that work with him, Jeremy, which is his board director, which is our program director. This guy works like hours and hours before he does a show, right? Same. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what Art Bell used to do. And can you imagine? Art Bell would be going crazy right now with all this stuff going on. He certainly would be. Um, it, it sucks he just died a few years ago. He didn't get a chance to see this, but he would love him. It, it, there's this. If you care about the UFO subject, this is. I was when I walked in the kitchen to 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 get a glass of water. I was like, wow, this is really an amazing time to be alive and actually see what is going on. Uh, yeah, you can take a look at it through the lens of mo- uh, of, of mass media and, and mainstream media, but I, I like these conversations, the what if conversations, the the conversations of like well, obviously they're lying and they're not telling us everything, so what are they holding back? And is the technology that that has been interacting with and and displaying itself to the Navy is that uh, uh, ET or is that uh, a breakaway civilization? Is that technology? That was uh, reverse engineered and 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 basically cultivated and held back by a super secret group of well-funded people, and now they're a breakaway civilization that has this technology. There's so many possibilities here, and we're only getting a little sliver. I got it. I got. You know what? It just just that inspires me, man. I've got to do more. Like I'm going to start waking up early. I'm going to do the rocky thing. I'm going to drink a few eggs. You know, egg whites, egg yolks. I'm going to run. Get deep into inch, you know. I'm inspired now. I can hear the Rocky music playing in the background. You know what I'm saying? Don't go too hard. <laughs> don't go too hard. Don't don't, do, new, don't do too hard. Don't burn new, yourself out. Might be a news article come out next day. Joe Roop found dead on the side of the road while he was trying to do wind sprints. Yeah. No, but that's uh, what I did. Yeah, I am excited about all this. It's just hey. um, he had the facts. He had the little facts that you forget to look at. Like, you know, yeah. you're not looking at this fact or that little fact. You put it all together, you got a, a disclosure sandwich, pretty much. Yeah. You can tell he reads all the articles, not just the headlines, headlines like I do. Uh, yeah. He, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, it is, it requires a lot of research. I do half-ass a lot of stuff just simply because I just don't have the time, you know, full-time job and, uh, and doing the podcast a few times a week. There's, so many things that I get wrong or overlook or forget about or miss. And uh, 
is good. It's good that Clyde's out there uh, that's so dedicated, and it is good that he's getting the recognition, recognition that he deserves. Well, good at least him. you don't have to do your show the same time his is on. Try that out. Oh, God, no thank you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not fun. And the biggest part is, it's like, I want to listen to his show. You know, and other radio hosts will say I'm crazy for saying that, right? Like, you're promoting another radio host that's on the same time that you are. You're damn right I am. Because I care about, I care about finding the truth. And if somebody's out there doing it, I'd say the same thing if Art Bell was on at the same time I was on, you know? Like, if I but think you're it, doing it, then you're doing it. It's a different style of show. Like, people who listen to my show versus yours, like if I do a show tomorrow night or if I do a show on the same night as you, it's a different style of show. It's for whatever kind of mood the listener is in. Maybe they want to come over uh, and listen to us because we're goofing around a little bit more. We're talking about people taking a crap in a Burger King when they're not supposed to and versus you talking to somebody about uh, fortune telling. There's, it's this, there's oh, nothing so wrong with fortune, the writing. Uh-huh, I see now. I do the fortune telling show, right? Yes, That's what... you're a fortune teller. <laughs> Well, Mary's coming back. We do, you know, our new moon show kills it. Like when Mary comes on, we do a show with her every new moon. And when she comes on, it crushes, man. I can't keep up with the phone calls. You know, we were talking earlier uh, about all the news. Like the, it seems like the, the UFO news is coming in a wave. And if you take a look, there is a significant amount of moon news that has come up within the past two months, whether it is, NASA going back to the moon, uh, China examining the, the dark side of the moon. Now with that, that story you brought up earlier in the show with the uh, intermittent lunar uh, transient, transient lights. There's a lot of – so there's something going on. Um, and so the, these news – Space war. Clumps, something's going on. It's, like, it's all kind of congealing together, and it's, it's tough to really wrap your head around any of this stuff uh, at a certain point you just got to sit back and take it in and goof around a little bit ryan are you back on the phone with us brother yeah i'm back on the phone can you hear me yeah i can hear you well you know uh, uh clyde just put a, a this is our reporting from live from contact in the desert we have ryan gable with us tonight uh but uh clyde just put a discord sandwich in my uh, discord a uh, disclosure sandwich in my face man you know, sandwich. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's got the good points about it, right? So maybe that maybe it's it that's, is all happening, but it's all, it's happening, but it's already happened in so many ways. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's all happening. It's all happening. Yeah. What are your plans tomorrow, real quick, though, uh, Ryan? What are you are you just going to go booth it? Or are you going to go to some speakers or what? You know what? I was going to go to Brad in the morning. I already know what he's talking about, but since he's a friend, I just go hang out. Clyde is doing a panel, similar situation. I just kind of walk in and hang out. But I don't really know what my schedule is tomorrow yet. I haven't talked to my friend. I'm just kind of going to walk around. and I've been doing a lot of networking. I actually sold almost all my books already. I threw them down on Brad's table, and they're gone. Wow. That's all I know. wish I had a book to sell. I'm walking through the lobby right now. It's a little loud. What could I, what could we write a book on, Mike? Um, could write a book on radio. write a book on how to do radio. No, oh, ain't nobody gonna write, get my book on that. <laughs> well, that's why you got to specialize. It. You, you you specialize it to yourself. You know, however you do your show, it's unique. So, well, I'm out of content for the night, fellas. I mean, that spot. I was hoping 
that spy the lie thing was going to go for another hour, you know. But one of Mike's listeners called in. Oh, man, we got, I, there's so much stuff we could talk about, though. Blew the I roof off of All kinds of good stuff. I got tons of stuff to talk about. I got plenty of content. What I was going to say is with, with the, this disclosure that is, that is happening, it's kind of like that last episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it left a lot of people disappointed. It's not what they wanted, but it's what they got. You got a like point. with this disclosure, you know, we're not getting a lot of details, but it is disclosure. They are, like Clyde said, yeah, the Navy is acknowledging there is a UFO phenomenon. There's not a lot of details around that, but this is what we got, so we kind of got to go with it. You, you guys know Kit Harrington's in rehab or something right now. I think, like, I was watching that special at the end where he stabbed the dragon. Well, the special showed where they were reading the script, right? The first time they got to read the script of the last season. And there's some spoilers I'm about to say, but he stabs the yes. chick, right? Well, now that he's in a wellness retreat center just before the show's finale, he, went, he yeah. actually went into that before the finale, and he's, I don't know what he's doing there. Nobody knows. They just know that he's there. Uh, yeah, I heard he was drinking a little too much. Probably uh, being on that show was uh, quite a quite a lot of pressure. Yeah, stress and, and alcohol. That's what that's what was reported, right? Yeah, I'm. You know, look with these TV shows, not a lot of these people are going to go on and be like huge movie stars after this. This might be the best thing they ever do in their acting career, and that may have weighed pretty heavy on them. I'm not saying they're never going to work again. I think but, he's pissed off because he, you know, he didn't he didn't become king, and it really put him in a, you know, a tailspin. Like he's I don't know. I don't know anything about that show, but I guess if you take, if you become that character, yeah. like in real yeah. life, eight years of, of your life, and they go, guess what, buddy? You're going back to the wall. Nothing's going to happen for you. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Heath Ledger. Well, actually, not just Heath Ledger, but anybody who's ever played the Joker, has kind of had a similar kind of a situation. They gone insane. Of course, they got the new Godzilla movie that just opened up, but it's not for kids because. Godzilla goes the entire movie without pants. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Anyways. Oh, my no. God. Well, it's not <laughs> funny anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, another news, too. Clint Eastwood's 89. 89. I love Clint Eastwood. And he's love still doing movies. Movie. He did The Mule, right? That was a good flick. That, dude, that was a good movie. That was a really good movie. And if you're a super nerd like me, then you know that the Dark Crystal series is coming back. And there's the crickets, right? Nobody knows anything about Dark I Crystal. I love the Dark Crystal. It was a great movie. This, it's very um, underrated. And it, it's, but it it's like the Muppets the hell on out of fire. Me. Yeah, it was like the Muppets on acid. And when I, it scared the hell out of me when I was a kid with those tall, like uh, stilt-like creatures. And yeah, it was crazy. Netflix Where's is killing it. Where's it coming back to Netflix? Yep. Dark Crystal. Yeah, it's, let me see. It released the first trailer for its Never forthcoming series, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, which premieres this August, based on Jim Henson's 1982 feature film. It's going to be 10 episodes, and it's set 10 years prior to the movie. So it's I think it's like a prequel or something. But anyways, Dark Crystal, you got to be a real nerd to know what that is. So... <laughs> I uh, just real quick before uh, move on, like I, I looked up uh, real quick, did a YouTube, uh, Google search of Clint Eastwood UFO. Cause I'm always fascinated with celebrities that openly talk about like seeing a UFO or spotting a UFO. I read a story 
uh, a week ago about Dan Aykroyd talking about UFOs. He loved UFOs. He's talking about yeah. them. But uh, the, wife of, uh, the wife of uh, Ronnie Woods, the guitar player of uh, the Rolling Stones, he saw a UFO. She saw a UFO. And I just typed it in. I don't have anything about uh, Clint Eastwood seeing a UFO, but Kurt Russell yeah. uh, saw Light. a UFO. Not I, only did he uh, see a UFO, that was, that was, that was one a of Phoenix the Light. That he, he, yeah, he was, flying a pl- he was flying the plane into Sky Harbor Airport to drop someone off, and he saw the lights. Well, my uncle worked at the military base here in Phoenix, and he was, uh, I think, the director of communications. He's, he worked for the military base making um, training videos. So he was at the base when the Phoenix Lights uh, presented themselves. And when he was at the base, he said that a lot of a lot of reporters came to him asking uh, if they were military flares, if they were military jets. And he checked with the base commander. The base commander said, uh, no, we don't got anything up there. So he went to, and told the press that that was his job. And then maybe a day later or 48 hours later, they changed their, their story to say it was military flares. But my uncle, who was there on the base, flat out told me it wasn't ours. So you you got a family member that was involved. That's pretty special. Now didn't yeah. didn't Dan Aykroyd come out and say that aliens were having sex with us here recently or something? Or did yes. I get that wrong? No, you you got that correct. Uh, Dan Aykroyd did say that uh, aliens are uh, they're coming to Earth and they're having their way with our women. Uh, All right. I can... Let's play Spy and... the Lie again. No, that <laughs> that that could be true. <laughs> but I mean, how does how does he know that? Like, does, I, did he have a girlfriend that went on a date with somebody that just girlfriend came back and said, I had, I slept with somebody out of this world. Oh, there's another one. Sorry. But you know, I don't know. How do they, how do they know that? stuff? How does he know I, that? I don't know how Dan Aykroyd well, knows that. Gotta get, maybe Clyde knows. I bet Clyde's got the details. Well, there, that, that's the question really that you have to ask anybody who makes a claim like that. How do you know? But I've had so many people tell me since I got here, like, oh, there's an alien base there. I said, how do you know there's an alien base there? Someone told me that. I've had, like, five people tell me there's, like, they know where an alien base is. They know, like, a race of aliens. So, but but how, do you, how do you know that? Oh, I, I, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. Exactly. You don't know. If you know, you can demonstrate it in some way. Well, it, well on this moon to Mars thing... Again. If there's aliens flying around here, which apparently there are, and we're doing all of this mission, like the moon to Mars mission that's supposed to go from now till 2028, and there's the whole space race with Bezos and you got SpaceX, they may get there first. Who knows? I'm sure that somebody's going to come up with something, right? Somebody's going to get a picture of something. They got to, right? I mean, uh, NASA just released a photo of the plot of land where they're going to put, they plan to land on Mars next year. It's like a... Kind of looks like a little cul-de-sac with a, within a short distance, probably some uh, excellent schools and upscale shopping centers. I mean, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to yeah. be living on Mars, right? That's the plan. Yeah, got to commercialize Mars quick. Moon to Mars. That is kind of cool, though. So we're living in an age of where people are, you know, putting microchips in their bodies. Uh, we plan on going to the moon and Mars, but there's some weird flashes and lunar waves and odd anomalies that nobody knows what it is. I, this stuff is cool. It's kind of cool and frustrating. It's a very weird feeling I get from all this. You guys want to know what uh, Dan Eckerd said? Yes, I do. Dan Eckerd, Verbatim. Dan Eckerd said the, uh, that he 
he's seen four UFOs and that most extraterrestrials who pop by Earth are just tourists coming to take a look at our beautiful planet. However, the star is concerned that some aliens want to harm people and use them as lab rats. Dan Aykroyd is convinced 60% of us already know it's true. He told that to the Daily Star UK. Uh, the proof is going to start building, uh, dribbling out, he said. The aliens are interested in your ova, your femininity, your reproductive parts, and your DNA. Wait a minute. I, are you telling me that one in ten women that I've talked to have, have had relations with aliens? No, not one. Right. Six in ten. I use sixty percent, so yes, yeah, six and yeah, six and six and ten. That's uh, I th- oh my! I think you know what it is. I think now that all this stuff is coming out, people can come out and say they feel more comfortable coming out and saying their crazy, wild stuff now. I love right. it. Exactly. It's disclosure time, right? So I can finally come out and say that I was abducted by aliens, like you know that guy on Independence Day, or where, you know that in, <laughs> that ended up killing all the aliens. I'm trying to get a little payback when back when they abducted me. But, you know, they feel more comfortable now because it's uh, all the stuff is in the news so they can come out and say all of their theories. I'm, I'm not sure if that's crazy. But then that crazy. also I... opens the door for Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well I was saying, like, I'm not, I'm not sure it's that crazy that celebrities, or let alone Dan Aykroyd, is uh, off, off the mark here. He might have somebody in the know, like, giving him a little bit of information here and there. I mean, there's that story of Richard Nixon, who was good friends with Jackie Gleason. And uh, Jackie Gleason tells a story that, uh, yeah, Nixon took him to a base, a military base, I believe in Florida, and flashed his, like, Nixon was driving and drove to the military base. And they recognized it was him, and he showed Jackie Gleason a a dead alien body. And Jackie Gleason said that. He's like, I, I couldn't believe it. And, but politicians or people don't know if they like a celebrity they might try to become friends with them by feeding them information so who knows who dan Aykroyd is really friends with i think he he could just be on medication too you know ah like, that could, yes no but i like <laughs> i mean i don't think dan Aykroyd's ever going to come on the show trust me we've sent him an email but maybe he's right I, I don't know at this point i don't know anymore all i can do is just relay what people are saying and try to figure it out uh, it, some crazy times going on, and I know other people feel the way I feel. It's kind of like, it's kind of like thirst, you know, when you're drinking. I don't know if you've ever got really thirsty and you kept drinking and you just couldn't quench the thirst. So we've got all this disclosure. I'm really thirsty right now. I get it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So we got all this disclosure coming out. We're hearing stuff about space and Oumuamua and lunar anomalies, and I can go on and on. Asteroids, Space Force, Bezos, Elon you gotta Musk. You got to warn people. And, and we don't know, right? Like We're like, something's going on. What is it? Down here in our little radio studios, we can only find. I got a telescope, actually. Markham, give me one. It was such a nice guy. I can only see so much. I don't see this stuff happening. So it's I got a telescope, too, but it's damn frustrating. It is frustrating. Maybe I'm just whining. I don't know. No. Well, a little bit, but it's the same frustration <laughs> that we all have. It's yeah. the same frustration we all have with all this news. Yeah, I feel because deep down I feel like this all this ties together somehow. The the Space Force thing, the Moon to Mars mission, uh the the lunar anomalies, <laughs> the flashes, the lunar wave, the stuff that Crow had seen with his telescope. All this stuff ties together somehow, and somebody knows the 
Somebody knows how it all ties together. It could be the NRO. It could be the CIA. Uh, when the government comes out and they don't want to say UFO, they're going to say UAP, AA tip or whatever, because they don't want us to know that they don't have a handle on the situation. I don't think they know, but I think somebody knows. Somebody you want me to play, knows. You, want me to play that the alien false flag clip I got? Absolutely. So this, uh, this comes from the unacknowledged documentary that came out two years ago. And uh, there's two separate clips here. This this first one uh, sets up uh, of a possible describing a possible alien false flag. Sure, they could pull it off. They could definitely pull it off. Right now, they have the technology to mimic the form, fit, and function of extraterrestrial UFOs. They have the technology. Absolutely, it's seamless, and you can never tell the difference. If they do have a false flag invasion, they're going to use one of these. This is the Hudson Valley Boomerang. This is 1982 to 1989. Over 25,000 eyewitnesses reported this craft. They can use the saucers, the cigars, the pyramids, the triangles as a united coalition. And that's how they're, they're going to do it. We're talking about 150 to 172 feet across for the wingspan, which is the identical wingspan of the B-2 stealth bomber. So the question we need to ask is, was some of that $22.4 billion used on the B-2 poured into this program? It's the exact same time frame when they power up and when they accelerate. Um, it looks like a spark off a grinding wheel, and you could never know the difference. So if they wanted to hoax an alien invasion, they could do it. And they could do it in a way that's 100% believable. It's uh, clip one of two. Well, let's, uh, before you play that, uh, are you going to play, let, before you play that second clip, let's take this caller real quick. We got, uh, looks like Massachusetts, someone calling from there on the line. Who are we speaking with? How's it going? Hi. Uh, this is uh, Derek. You're on the air. Welcome. Yeah. Derek, what's on your mind, brother? How's it going? Um, you guys are talking about, um, how all this stuff ties together and what could be the um, bigger picture behind it. Yes. This is actually my first time listening to you guys. Uh, I was told this morning that um, you guys have this take uh, that you think it could be the, the uh, like a marketing ploy or promotion for the, uh, could be. the Stars Academy. But I'm changing the, my the, mind the a little stuff. bit. Think, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I, I, I listen to Clyde every night. Uh, if, if you listen, you might have heard me on there calling all the time. Um, and we've, talked, we've been talking, we're kind of forming this theory um, throughout the calls and throughout the topics about, uh, like, I'm trying to kind of, I'm working at a supermarket right now, so I'm standing in the supermarket aisle stocking shelves overnight, sure. like, while I listen. And uh, so, if you hear anything in the background, that's what it is. That's all right. But, um, so, while I'm listening, like, while I'm consuming these podcasts and everything, my frustration is, like, we can get really in-depth on, like, a UFO show and really go really deep on it, and then the next night go really in-depth on, like, a ritual show and, like, what's going on with all these attacks and Notre Dame and all this stuff. But I want to see how they how they go together. If there's, a, if there's a secret cabal that's running the show on the ritual level and there's also a secret cabal that's running the show on the UFO level or there's, like, a, some kind of unseen presence, whether, like, non-physical from another realm or from space or whatever, how do these things interact with each other? Like, are they the same people? What's going on? I think so a lot of people idea, have that question. I think I think exactly. a lot of people uh, a lot of people actually feel that way. They feel like there's something underlying tying it all together. That and that's why it's so frustrating. We're not getting answers. Absolutely. What do you think? I have an I, I think I have an idea. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, you can go. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, this is Mike from the OBD right, well, podcast. I, I, an, I, I, I think on, you're right there. I think there's a couple of different things going on. I think there are is really extraterrestrial uh, uh, entities that have. Uh, Nuts and bolt aircraft, but like Clyde Lewis said, there's an ultra terrestrial element, 
And that's where it kind of gets into the ritual yeah. mag- magic that Aleister Crawley uh, dipped into. I would definitely check out a book called The Secret Rituals of the Men in Black. It is a very deep book. I went over it. You can check out oh, uh, uh, my YouTube channel. And it gets so in-depth with rituals, contacting ultra-terrestrials, and their place kind of like in this whole UFO phenomenon. They, they blend together. Whether uh, It's tough to distinguish which things you're looking at in the sky. And so, yeah, it gets it gets very confusing. Yeah, what do you got to so, say, Derek? Um, Go ahead. I, sorry, I don't know when you guys break happen, so I'm trying to talk quick. We got like 60 seconds out. here. But I think, yeah. um, oh, I'm sorry. Is there any way I can hang over to the after the break and? Well, I can I, I can make it go on. Now. Just tell us what you got to say. All right, sorry. Um, so I was uh, talking to Clyde and uh, Tracy Twyman on the last appearance of Tracy Twyman, and they were talking about all these rituals and how these like the main debate in the conspiracy community when these shootings happen is it is it a false flag? Is it real? What's going on? My angle is it's both. It's real people dying, but the, but the ritual sacrifices on these ley lines of specific zones on the, on the, on the face of the earth body, like picture in acupuncture needles all, all over the human body, like thousands of them, like the best you've ever seen that extrapolate that onto the earth body. And those spots all exist. They're in our backyards. They're everywhere. They're golf courses. They're, they're reservation lands. They're government buildings. They're like sunspot is an example of one of these places. And they all, they're, they're, it's a system. It's like the hardware of the planet. If we're living in like a holographic matrix, but it's also like a system of travel of portals that open up. And that's like the reason why these sacred sites exist on these, uh, on these spots, on these leyland spots. But I also believe that military installations, like I always talk about Raytheon, because that's the one in my area, they're on these spots. So like the, the, the chain of custody, the chain of, uh, of, of ownership of these spots would go from the, the, pre-flood, the, the pre-flood civilizations to the indigenous cultures, to the, mm-hmm. to the colonialists, conquistadors, to the early occult Americans, et cetera, et cetera. And it's right now, it's, it's in the military and the private, private companies. So what, the Navy, what this Navy report is talking about, so like I've gone real deep with Clyde about the ritual aspects and of okay. all, how, how all these things connect. And then you tie in the UFO thing, how the UFOs, how there is an uptick in activity around installations. So if you believe these installations are on these window areas, then... It, like while they're trying to open the abyss, like their 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 goal, it's I mean you guys know what ritual stuff. It's the idea that they're working for some kind of non-human entity, yeah. some kind of uh, exchange of exchange of something, and they're with the end goal being to collapse the pillars and create this Garden of Eden um, that they'll be protected from and and resurrect this, these leviathans and titans and, and and that kind of stuff. So while they're doing this, for every ritual we see, like so for for. For every ritual we see, like New Zealand and the one that happened in Aurora before that, and then the one that happened in almost every lunar cycle, it's widening these portal areas. And I think what they're really saying by saying we're taking this more seriously now is they're saying we're experimenting with this portal grid, and we want to know what's coming out of these portals. And that mm. unifies, like, every type of fringe. Like, it's, it's, I believe in UFOs. I believe in and other dimensions. I mean, or not believing, but uh, I'm open to the idea of all these things, but how they – weave together i think um is in like portals and ley lines and the actual like uh uh the, the hardware of the planet i got so by you. doing these rituals on you know what i mean and yeah, i mean i got deep, you i think i get the gist of what you're saying i really do and i, I appreciate your call for sure i uh, i do I mean, get I the gist of what you're saying and thank you for calling in derek i'm a fan uh, i'll be listening every night 
Thank you, brother. He's and right. It, it is, he could be right, though, right? Like it, it could all be tied. To, it could all tie together in a very occultic type manner. And that's, you know, that's a theory that we've all looked at. I can actually talk on that though about how occultists are trying to contact entities and stuff. It's even in their books. I'm sure Ryan can too. We've this is a very short break. We'll be right back, guys. More to come. We got Mike from OBDM. And we've got Ryan reporting from Contact in the Desert. This is Lighting the Void. I'm Joe Roop live on the Fringe FM. Friday Night Live. Stay with us. of the show is being brought to you by Hippie Fresh Air Freshener, the first room deodorizer for people who are stuck in the 60s. Yes, just open your Jimi Hendrix-shaped dispenser, and soon your home will smell as clean and fresh as a VW microbus inhabited by 27 unwashed hippies from San Francisco's Haight-Ashbury District, circa 1967. That's Hippie Fresh Air Freshener. It kills the germs that cause bad vibes. This is all. I listen to Lighting the Void because it's interactive radio with good content, interesting guests, and a humble host sharing his journey through the esoteric. Hey, Joe Roop. Thanks for having us along for the ride. Thank you so much for a delightful evening. Well, I got a lot of ground to cover. All right, everyone, this is Justin from the UK. Excuse the chitty chitty. If you're into the fringe and you want to hear the brass tacks, me old China plate, Joe Roop, and his guests on Light in the Void will open your mince pies. You need to shut your north and south and use your 10-speed gears and listen to them bubble. You could hear a Barry Crocker, no Brussels, but he ain't no holy fryer. Anyway, you be the Barnaby Rudge and take a butcher's. Hey, Fringe FM listeners, did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or no Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the Fringe FM by calling 701-719-3971. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 701-719-3971. That's 701-719-3971. Listen to the Fringe FM on any phone, anytime, anywhere. To Lighting the Void Radio. Follow the Fringe FM on Facebook and Twitter at the Fringe FM. Start your evenings with the Fringe FM long before those other shows get started. Exclusively live on the Fringe FM, hear the Quantum Hologram Matrix with the Reverend John Polk, Tuesdays at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. And our newest show, Sci Spy Radio with Suzanne Ross, Wednesdays at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. Then stay up because we're burning the midnight oil well into the morning hour. The truth is out there, and, and so are we. Lock it in, the Fringe FM. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Salka Seltzer, the stomach remedy that brings speedy relief to your upset stomach in just 10 to 12 hours during regular business hours only. That's Salka Seltzer, regular or extra fizzy.
listening to Lighting the Void. The call-in number is 1-800-588-0335. If you would like to text, you can text in at 501-777-5631. I want to thank Derek for calling in all the way from Massachusetts. That is, uh, he put in a whole lot there and with this phone call about his theory as to what is tying in all of this stuff, the UFOs, the rituals, uh, the shootings, everything that's going on, the moon, Mars, Amuamua, you name it. And I think we all kind of feel that there is some type of weird thing going on behind it. But can you verify that stuff? That's the hard part, right? Can we verify it? I don't know if we'll ever be able to. But I know that Ryan Gable is about to have to sign off with us tonight. Ryan, I don't know if you're still there, man, but I really, really do appreciate you coming on and also bringing Clyde onto the show and and everything that you do, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. It's my pleasure. I'm always happy to come on to Lighting the Void, and we help each other out as much as possible. So I'm glad that you had an opportunity tonight because I did some other radio today, and I was looking forward to calling in this evening. It's a pretty nice night here too. It's like really, really cool out in the desert. It's beautiful. Yeah, rub it in. I love the <laughs> desert. You know that, right? Like I want to go out there big time. Hey, I, I don't live in a desert anymore, so I'm gonna I'm gonna rub it in while I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't blame <laughs> you. But um, yeah, I mean, I do. I, I appreciate you know everybody loves your show, the secret teaching that comes on after my show. Uh, you're probably one of the most talked about radio hosts on the fringe FM. And for a good reason, it's good to know uh, that we still got a lot of good radio hosts out there doing their thing, man. And uh, that you take the time to research all this stuff too. So yeah, I appreciate you. I really do, man. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm well talked about. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I appreciate being on the fringe. Wouldn't be for you guys. I don't know where I'd be right now. Uh, you'd be, you'd you probably be doing just thinking, fine. Thinking ship. But uh, oh, Mike, well, you pulled me off the sinking, the other sinking ship, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I hear you. That's a that's a that's a that's a different story, though. We'll we'll save that. We'll save that one for later. Anything else though before I go? No, man. I just wanted to say thank you. That's it. You know, really, really, thank you. Yeah. Yep, you got it. You got it. Hope everybody enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. Hey, I'm, it was nice talking to you for for the first time. Hey, it was uh, I'll have to check you out. Have a good time. Yeah, bro. absolutely. It was nice meeting you. Thank you. Have a good show. Bye-bye. Ryan Gable, everybody, reporting live from Contact in the Desert. All right. I'm I'm kind of interested, Mike, into this false flag thing. You got another clip? Because uh, I'm really... I do. What do we got here? This is uh, it's about a two-minute clip um, for anybody who didn't hear the first one. The first one was just kind of going... Uh, the first clip was just kind of going over the size and shape of some of uh, the craft that we have that we know like the B2 bomber and some of the money could some of the money that was funneled into the, the stealth program could that have been diverted into a super secret uh, reverse engineer, reverse engineered alien technology program. So in the second clip here goes into a different area of a possible alien false flag. Here it is. They started doing all kinds of psychological warfare entrainment of the public by staging hoaxed events, such as cattle mutilations. Oh, it's a flying saucer that did that. 
It's a covert paramilitary program, human. So if you wanted to start indoctrinating people into a false threat from outer space that Werner von Braun warned us about, you would start staging events that look alien, but that are completely man-made, that are scary and scare the hell out of people. UFO encounters are categorized into four groups. Close encounters of the fourth kind include people who claim to have been abducted by extraterrestrials. If you had a close encounter of the fourth kind and you are back, we're anxious to hear from you. Inner stage left, you got these uh, sort of anti-gravity devices with creatures that look like ETs that are actually man-made robotic systems. They're called program life forms. And you start doing select interfaces with the public. We did do that, yes. Uh, OSI did that. There was a special group uh, out of uh, the 7602nd Air Intel Wing at Fort Belvoir. They came out and did that. They uh, had these uh, people that had maybe some sort of defects, uh, antinomical defects that were uh, brought brought in to, 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 to fool people into thinking they're aliens. Yeah. Um, I can't give you any specifics because it's still the program is still classified, and they probably still doing it. I wouldn't doubt doubt it; they were still doing it. So they have, according to this guy, um, the unacknowledged documentary, they have deformed, anatomically deformed people that are posing as ETs to give people the impression that they're interacting with an ET as some sort of staged event. Wouldn't that be a trip if these right? Like this is a big psyop. That would Some be a of, trip. I would be curious to know, like the 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 next step after this uh, TV show is is done with, and the, the after the Pentagon and the New York Times get their paper, they, that that kind of slows down. I wonder if there's going to be an uptick in alien abductions, and if there is, that that's bad. Abduction in general is is bad. So that that would definitely put some fear in the public if there is an uptick in alien abductions after the most recent release of information, acknowledgement by the Navy that there are UFOs. That would be curious. But when it comes to the uh, alien abduction phenomenon, I think Travis Walton, it's, uh, the guy who's commonly known uh, or most widely known for the movie Fire in the Sky, who uh, was gone for what, six to seven days, is abducted by aliens. In the movie, they... They conveyed that he was abducted by the stereotypical kind of gray-like alien. But in the book, and what he recounts is that there were some humans around, or more human-looking people that were in the room with him when he was being abducted and interacting with the more grayish-looking aliens. That was left out of the movie. So having humans alongside... uh, Aliens during an abduction is not unheard of. In fact, I think it's actually uh, fairly common. Yeah, I, you know, I, and I kind of see this just adds to the jumble, right? And, and another thing, too, Dennis makes a pretty good point over on Spreaker, over at Spreaker, because we got our streams playing over there, too. And he said, also speaking of conspiracy, why are we now launching a secret project quote secret project almost every two weeks on elon musk's rockets he's right i mean every time you turn around he's launching a project that it's secret top secret all we know is the only thing that we really know about here lately is the interlink 
where he's launching all those satellites, and that's got a lot of astronomers worried. Man, once you get all those satellites up there, we're not even going to be able to see the night sky. So I, I think in in the near future, it's going to be hard to tell what's a UFO and, and what's not if they could just keep throwing all that stuff up there. It's You could easily create uh, a debris a field debris up there where it would be impossible for anybody to escape earth. You couldn't be because you'd be running into all these objects. Think about the, we're launching satellites. We have, we have NASA and military launching satellites. We have private industry launching satellites. You're going to have, uh, China is launching satellites and Russia. Bezos. They all start crashing into each each other. All you're going to have is particles up there ripping through any sort of rocket that tries to leave the atmosphere. And we'll be trapped here on this prison planet. That's supposed to be That's regulated right. by the FCC, but I don't know how they're regulating it. How can they? How do they? How do they regulate China? Yeah, they, don't. they can't. China. They can't. They can't regulate it. I mean, space, and that's. I think that might be what the new war about is too. Is who's going to own what parts of space, especially when they go mining and stuff up there? My point is, is like the caller was talking about. There's something strange going on that I think connects everything. No, yeah, I, I think I think there definitely is, and uh, Alex Jones tried to get into it a little bit on the Joe Rogan podcast when he was on last, when he talked about uh, the DMT the, realm. Well, the DMT realm and how the Nazis were doing rituals, at least the the occult side of the Nazis and uh, the Viral Society, and how they supposedly channeled entities from light years away, and that's how they got the ideas for some of their whacked out uh nazi technology uh, the the nazi bell uh stuff like that it was channeled through these entities well so there's there's a darker side to this stuff yeah and in the books too like everybody if anybody studied up on crowley in the books he did come in contact with an alien being when he was channeling things right even drew it out kind of looked like a gray and he said it was called lamb right if you're looking at mainly p hall's work he talks about that you know these realms are interdimensional or internal, however you want to look at it. And the real masters of the mystery schools, quote, mystery schools, are in the internal realms, not on the physical realm. Like when we see a Masonic call or something, we think that that's the real mystery school. But he said that's just training for the internal realms and that there are hidden masters that are regulating and manipulating. He used the word manipulating society from those internal realms as we speak today. And we've we've already covered on this show about how people keep running into serpent beings that that are kind of powerful and stuff when they go into the astral realm too. So it all just gets freaky, man. It's like X Files warmed over twice, you know. I uh I a few months ago before I I left Columbus, I was going to some seminars at at, at a Reiki center, and I went to one um, about ascended masters and. Uh, it, and this, that's what they're talking about, the in, the internal, the inside realms. And I learned a little bit more about the Ascended Masters. You can call on certain Ascended Masters to help out certain aspects of your life. And for whatever reason, I was at the, I, the, the, the Ascended Master that kind of rang true with me was Hermes the Great, Great, Great. got to say his name three times. And I was just thinking about him quite a bit. I think he was like the the ascended master of communication and and technology, and so um, as I was thinking about him and just kind of writing some notes to myself, I was in the bathroom one day, 
and getting ready to brush my teeth, and I just saw this this purple light just rush right past me. Really? And yeah, it was incredible. Um, my fiance had often will see lights, uh, especially in in our room, hovering over over me. Um, I, I've I've seen flashes of lights in in our room, and the more you the more you start to dig in to meditation and the spiritual side of stuff, the more you start to look at that world, it starts to look back at you. Um, if you start if you tend to ignore it, it will ignore you. But when you start dipping your toes in that water, it, it definitely takes notice. Um, for instance, just do this: like if you are having uh, trouble remembering dreams or not getting the dreams you want. Ask, be just ask for the dreams that you want, or ask to remember your dreams before you go to bed. Just say, "I will remember my dreams." Just say that to yourself a few times, and then over the course of a few days, you will start to remember your dreams. Um, it happens. I've done it. It works for me. Um, you know what? You're so the times that I've had interactions with beings, the false awakening, the blob figures. The out-of-body experience I had, I was really, I mean, I don't want to say what I was doing to a T, because I know it'll freak some people out, but it had to do with the magic and the occult. I wasn't summoning demons, all right? But I was doing certain practices that I learned that were that were for protection. But however, they did, yeah, I think you're right, man, because it did start stirring stuff up, and I did really have a lot of crazy experiences after that, and I haven't done it since. Yeah, I think the more you get into this stuff, the more it takes notice. And this is the power of your mind, uh, your consciousness, is that it can it can impact your perception of what's going on around you. And I I have a, a friend, uh, she came on the show, she's a, a psychic, and her husband is also an intuitive. And they said they, they were getting into more, uh, I, don't, I don't want to say the word cult, but more magic-y kind of stuff. And they... And they, they once they started to do that, they started to have a lot of bizarre occurrences around the house. And they said once they stopped doing that, it died off. And so you got to, yeah, you got to be careful uh, about what you do. You got to be mindful about it. Uh, respect yourself and everything you don't know because it will stare back at you and, and create mischief in your life if you allow it to. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I'm with you on that because that's exactly what happened to me. Okay, looks like last call of the night. We got Moon from Tennessee. What's on your mind, Moon? Tennessee. Tennessee. I'm in Ohio, man. Well, it, hey, says, Ohio. it says Tennessee on here. What's on your mind? There you go. Hey, Joking Joe. Hey, um, Magic Midnight Mike. This hey, is Moonlight. Um, hey, um, look, I wanted to um, mention here that, you know, the number one reason why you should think twice about him. Um, the Three Stars Academy and what they're talking about makes um, the you know the whole thing about them trying to make it sound like it's UFOs and all this stuff and uh-huh. and if they're talking about aliens, um, none of them today have been accused or indicted of child pornography or molestation charges yet. You know that every time somebody's got the real deal coming out there, that happens. So, so kind of like what happened to, uh, what was that guy's name that happened to? It just happened to him. I can't think of his name. Um, it, well, it, it happens every single time that something's on, somebody's on something um, that's real. And, um, and this whole thing stinks the high heaven of a, um, 
a CIA uh, project. Yeah, PSYOP. And, um, you know, it's the Pentagon wanted to release, you know, some stuff and wanted them to go ahead and put out something. And um, they want to do a cover-up of all this stuff, so, you know, push out some information. So they're, you know, so they get a hold of the CIA. The CIA does the PSYOP. You know, they make it sound like a movie or something like that, a plot. Um, they get all these people involved, all these players. TTSA, they're all just a front organization. All the stuff's coming out, and that's why they're going to go ahead and do, you know, on basic cable, a show on basic cable. It's supposed to be a big, you know, rollout about, you know, aliens being true, the greatest release and of everything. It's going to be on basic cable. Be real. Basic I cable, mean, yeah. You know, like it's exactly. coming, it's coming how, on TNT. How serious right? can you be? No, it's going to be History Channel, isn't it? Yeah, History yeah, Channel. History. So, I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. That's right. So, so they're waiting. They've been prepping this for two years now, right? They collected money and donations. They went through the whole thing. Tell them we've got the greatest, you know, disclosure in the world ever, ever, ever. And I'm here, wait two years, and now we're going to put out a TV show to tell you about it. Let's be real. You got a pretty good point there, too. That's kind of like what I was saying in the beginning. It does, it smells a little funky. Yeah, it it sticks to high heaven. And, um, you know, um, you know, whatever you believe, anything that they're going to tell you and stuff like that, think about it really, really well. They're just trying to tell us, tell people what they want to believe here. That's all they're trying to do. These things that they got on the radar and stuff like that, um, I wouldn't doubt if they're a drone of some sort. And, you know, I do believe in aliens. Yeah, me too. I do believe in people from, from other worlds and that they are visiting Earth. I do believe that. But I don't believe this has anything to do with it. Okay? Fair enough. This is, that's my thing. Thank, Thank you, you for you the call, brother. You have a good night. Have a Moon. great night. You Moon too, from Max. Ohio. I don't know why it's coming up on Tennessee, but that's what it came up, yeah. But you know what, Mike, uh, I I see what he's saying. I feel that we all feel it, but there are there. You have to consider just push TTSA to the side and consider the Oumuamua effect that Clyde talked about. I think that's the big one, right? That that thing's doing some freaky stuff out there. To me, that's the big one. It shouldn't be accelerating. The caller made some good points, and that's why these conversations and these talks are are interesting because I can see both sides. I can see all three, four sides. And it's like, yeah, uh, why, if, it, if it's that important, why is it on the History Channel? Why wouldn't Fox pick this up or NBC and really run with it? Exactly. Unless they want it to fly a little bit under the radar, no pun intended, and see how it, how it goes. But I remember back in the 90s, they had Commander William Riker, uh, Jonathan Franks, host a TV show called Alien Autopsy on Fox TV. It was prime time almost. And so they they did the alien autopsy on Fox, but and that was kind of been proven fake, I believe. Uh, obviously, I think they, they they figured out the special effects behind this. But you have Navy pilots with their testimony and the production behind it, and that's not going to be on a, a major network. Yeah, it, that doesn't really add up to me. There's well, um, I, yeah. I don't know about the CIA, uh, uh, but I would definitely look into the Office of Naval Intelligence. Those guys, uh, they're the NRO. Yeah, the NRO. I mean, the, uh, since this is a Navy issue, I'd really like to see what the Office of Naval Intelligence has to say, if anything. 
but they, they're an intelligence organization that's been around longer than the CIA. So they got their fingers in a little bit of everything. Well, regardless, you know what, man, we're going to see what happens, huh? Uh, I think it's, it's, it's exciting at the very least in a good way or bad way. I guess we're going to figure that out, but we only got just a couple of minutes here, Mike. I want everybody to know, and I know I'm going to get some votes by the way, to have you back on a Friday night or something, but I want everybody to know where to find your, your radio show. At, and because in my opinion, it's a very entertaining, very professionally done. You won't regret it. Where can people find the radio show? How can they subscribe to it and keep up and listen? Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, you can go to obdmpod.com. Uh, honestly, if you just type in OBDM in Google, we will come up. Uh, we're on YouTube. There's some clips out there. We, uh, we stream live. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesdays or Thursdays and noon on Saturdays. And we take calls. We goof around. We have a good time. And uh, we cover a lot of the same topics as as you, Joe. I think you go a little bit more in depth and you do uh, a lot more research than we do. <laughs> and uh, But we, we try just to have a conversation about the, everything that's going on. So, yeah, just Google OBDM. You'll find us. You'll see the dinosaur and the, the colorful logo. Well, we had fun tonight, right? We talked to Clyde, we talked to Ryan, talked to some callers, played some clips, gave away a t-shirt, you know. I'm going to have to come up with some better riddles, but it's been a fun Friday night, that's for sure. I, I'm going to call you the master of riddles, henceforth. The Riddler, right? And then you know what? If you stay around, you might you might actually hear at the end of this, even if YouTube will probably cut it off, a little John Denver late night radio. But we do got to get out of here. Uh, this show is produced by the Fringe FM don't copy it or replay it without written permission. And music was by Chronox Bundy, Space Station, Kevin McLeod, in the public domain. We'll see you guys Monday night. Mary's going to be back with another round of guests. And I do want to give Mike a big thank you from OBDM. Uh, it's been a blast. We'll see you guys next week. Good Joe, night. it's been an honor. Thank you very much. Yeah, brother. It was a blast. staff. Listener discretion is advised. Yahoy there. This is Gigi from Shift Happens. And holy shit, you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Hey, hey, don't you dare turn that stand.